Uh, and we will now begin. In, in keeping with our, our tradition, I will now bow to, to my right and bow to my left. Um, uh, and having done so, uh, I will then proceed to request delegates to observe a moment of silence for prayer or meditation. Thank you very much. Uh, Honorable delegates, uh, you are reminded uh, that the rules and the processes apply before the virtual sitting of the of the NCOP. Uh, I would therefore like to remind you of the the, the following: uh, that the virtual sitting constitutes a sitting of the National Council of Provinces, that the place of sitting is deemed to be Cape Town, where the seat of the National Council of Provinces is, that the delegates in the virtual sitting enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in a sitting of the National Council of Provinces, that the purpose of the, for the purpose of the, of the, of the quorum, all delegates uh, who are locked onto the virtual platform shall be considered present. That delegates must switch on their videos if they want to speak. Uh, that delegates should ensure that the microphones on their gadgets are muted and must always remain muted. That the interpretation facility is active Permanent delegates, uh, members of the executive, special delegates of and, and salary representatives are requested to ensure that the interpretation facility on their gadgets are properly activated to facilitate access to the interpretation services. That any delegate who wishes to speak must use the raise your hand function. And as, as we have always uh, tended to do, uh, uh, remind members uh, and, 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 and emphasize that uh, by now, all of us should be familiar with the, the relevant icon. Um, we will now move on, uh, Honorable Delegates, to notices of, 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 of motion or motion without, uh, motions without uh, uh, notice. Uh, uh, just to remind members uh, that I will now allow an opportunity to delegates to give notes of motions and 20 minutes uh, allocated uh, for these uh, purposes, uh, 20 minutes uh, in total for notices uh, of motions and motions without, without notice. Uh, delegates who wish to give notices of motion should use the raise your hand function uh, one and a half minutes per, per motion. Uh, and if delegates exceed the time of one and a half minutes, uh, honorable delegates, uh, your time shall have expired and a notice uh, of motion will be printed in full 
on the next order on other paper. Uh, so we'll start with motions without uh, uh, notice. Uh, are there any notices uh, of, of, of motions? Uh, please use your your raise your hand function, and we we'll start with Honorable H. S. Boshoff. Thank you Honorable very much. Boshoff. Thank you very much, Chair. On behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move a motion that it's, at its next sitting, this House debates the failing water infrastructure network of municipalities throughout South Africa and the threat it poses on water security and investment. I so move. Thank you. Thank you very much, Boshoff. Thank you very much. We'll, we'll proceed to Honorable S.A. Lutuli from Gwazulu-Nata. Lutuli? Uh, thank you, Chairperson, and greetings to everyone. Uh, motion without notice. I hereby rise on behalf of Economic Freedom Fighters that counsel not the passing of Duncan Mzobi, the owner of Spokolozi at Kaven, and his son, Sanele Mzobi, Subusiso Mzobi, and patrons are Pumlani, Mpiti Piti, Rasta, and Spamantashes. Further note that they all passed as a result of shooting incidents in Savannah Park. On the point of order, the Honorable Chair? Yes. Uh, uh, is that... Uh, it's Bosov speaking. Um, we're, Bosov, busy yes. with, we're busy with notices of motion, not motion without notice. Thank you. Yes. Uh, uh, as we have reminded members before, it's very important that these motions without uh, uh, mo- 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 motions without notice, uh, uh, or motions of <laughs> yes, let me say uh, that uh, uh, we are starting with notices of motions. That's where we are. We'll then move on to motions without without notice. Uh, uh, if, if members can also try to keep the notice of motions very, very uh, uh, brief. Uh, so, Honorable Otuli, please proceed. Chairperson, I'm doing a motion without notice, so I will do next because this, you're okay. saying... Not, not, thank you very much. Mutsamai... Uh, Thank you, Chairperson. I raise on behalf of the Economic Freedom Fighters that Councillor debate at its next city challenge faced by the military veterans in gaining access to their legislated benefits, which they are entitled to as stipulated in the South African Military Veteran Act. I so move. No, thank you very much. Uh... Thank you very much, honorable members. We'll now move on to motions without uh, notice. Mama um, Rukhani. Uh, honorable Mama Rukhani. Honorable Chairperson, it's a motion. It's a notice. It's a motion. It's a notice of motion. 
I don't know. We have passed already. Um, yes. No. We can. We can. We can go back. Uh, uh, just this one time. Mamarakane, uh, please proceed. Thanks, Honorable Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson, allow me to rise on behalf of the African National Congress that the House, in its next sitting debate, the encouraging progress showed by Operation Bulandela, a joint presidency treasury unit that was established in 2020 to unlock the key structural reforms to boost economic growth. Bulandela focuses on five objectives and a 26-item list of related reforms. I so move, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable uh, I guess we're done now with notices of, uh, of motion. Uh, we'll then move on to Honorable Boshoff. Honorable Boshoff. Thank you very much, Chair. On behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move without notice that this council notes with concern the dilapidated water and sanitation infrastructure throughout the Mpumalanga municipalities, together with the lack of infrastructure maintenance and the requisite tools of trade. Also notes that the 2021 Provincial Overview Report on Water and Sanitation Services stated that 60% of Mpumalanga's water supply infrastructure is old, which places a significant strain on water supply, resulting in high water distribution losses. Further notes that the water demand in Emelashleni far exceeds the supply, with a deficit of 39.43 megalitres per day. In JS Morocco, the current deficit is 20 megalitres a day, and Tembasili Hani, 17.1 megalitres a day. Further notes that losses in Lekwa increased from plus minus 62 million to roughly 77 million. And in Tembazili Hani, the losses cost the municipality 62.8 million. Again, notes that Emelashleni unaccounted water losses increased from plus minus 15 million kiloliters in 2019-2020 to around 18 million kiloliters in 2020-2021. And in Governor Mbeki, unaccounted water losses increased from 10 million kiloliters in 2019-2020 to 11 million kiloliters in 2020-2021. And calls on the MEC of Kokta, Mandla and Lovo to ring fence a portion of the 17 local municipalities' budgets for water infrastructure maintenance as distribution losses threaten water security and investment. I so move. Thank you, Chair. Now, thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable Boshoff. Uh, is there any objection? None. There being no objection, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the, of the Constitution. Uh, Honorable Arnold. Uh, thank you, I'll say person. I hereby rise on behalf of the Economic Freedom Fighters, Uh, that the Council notes the decision by the United Kingdom to ban contracts with Bain and Company Global Consulting Firm over their role in the capture of the South African Revenue Services. Further note that no similar action has been taken by any entity 
tasked with the investigation and prosecuting crimes in South Africa against Bain and other corrupt companies. Acknowledge that our government has not banned this company even though crimes committed are against our people. Further welcome calls made on those tasked with dealing with corruption to deal with corrupt companies and individuals wherever they are in the world. We call on the National Treasury to take bold steps against all companies involved in state capture past and present and for swift action against these companies. We further call for swift prosecution of these companies because leaving leaders of companies such as Bain, Steinhoff and others untouched renders the fight against corruption in this country meaningless. I so move. Thank you, Chairperson. Any objection to the motion? There being no objection, the motion is therefore agreed to. Um, in terms of uh, uh, Section sixty-five uh, of the of the con- Constitution, uh, Honorable BB. Um, thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, Honorable Chairperson, allow me to rise on behalf of the African National Congress that this August House notes with concern the, uh, the escalation of illegal mining in different mining towns of South Africa, which involves undocumented foreign nationals. As re- also reported by the media, Chairperson, these illegal and criminal activities are also associated with other violent crimes like possession of illegal weapons, terrorization of surrounding communities, rape and murders of the innocent and law-abiding citizens with impunity. Believing also that this poses a serious threat to South Africa's national security. Therefore, we call upon this August House to congratulate President Cyril Ramaphosa for establishing a specialized and dedicated police unit uh, to deal with this crime. Further calls on the president to strengthen the cooperation between the law enforcement agencies of South Africa and other SADC uh, countries in the fight of this crime. I so move, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bibi. Bibi. Is there no objection to the motion? None. There being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. Uh, Honorable Shaikh. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Jefferson. Um, I rise on behalf of the African National Congress that this August House notes with great sense of pride the recent trends reported by the media about the continued successes of the South African police services in aborting the cash in transit heist. The minimum casualties on the side of the SAPs during these encounters, which normally involves the use of high-caliber machine guns by the cash in transit heist criminal perpetrators. Believing that this demonstrates the improved capacity, efficiency, and heroism of our men and women in blue, and enhanced coordination between the state intelligence services and the private sector security establishments, Therefore, express our congratulations to the South African Police Services for their diligence 
heroism and bravery in taking these criminals toe-to-toe. I so move. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Well, thank you very much. Any objection to the motion? None. There being no objection, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the, of the Constitution. Honorable Sileku. Good afternoon, Chair. My apologies for the camera. I'm in the rural uh, areas today. On behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move without notice that this council notes the two recent reports on the, on the Western Cape municipalities from the Auditor General and Ratings Africa, respectively. Note that 22 municipalities in the Western Cape received unqualified audits and a further five received qualified audits with findings. Further notes, Ratings Africa most recent municipal finance sustainability index found that the Western Cape's municipalities are generally financially stable. Also note that the DA-led province is home to the highest ranked municipalities in South Africa. Further note that these findings highlight that municipalities in the Western Cape are leading the way and setting an example for clean, efficient and effective local governance in South Africa. Lastly, congratulate the Democratic Alliance-led Western Cape for, the, for demonstrating firm leadership. I so move. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Sleku. Any objection to the motion? No, none. There being no objection, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the, of the Constitution. Honorable Bulutuli. Thank you, Chairperson. I hereby rise on behalf of Economic Freedom Fight House that the council notes the passing of Duncan Mzobe and the owner of Spokolozi Tavern and his son, Sanele Mzobe, Spusiso Mzobe, and patrons are Pumlan Piti Rasta and Spamandashes. Further notes that they all they all passed as a result of shooting incident in Savannah Park on the 31st of July 2022 when gunmen entered uh, the Spokolozi Tavern and opened fire on patrons. Acknowledge uh, the rising number of mass shooting, but in particular taverns shooting in KwaZulu Natal and across all provinces in South Africa. Further acknowledge that South Africa's safety and security is currently under threat. Njengoba, Kubugega. I so move. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any objection to the motion? There being no objection, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of section 65 of the constitution. Honorable Bartlett. Thank you, Chair President. Sorry for not switching on my video, Honorable Chair. Honorable Chair, I hereby rise without notice on behalf of the African National Congress that the House firstly notes that 44 people were rescued during an operation after suspicions of human trafficking suffers in Mathibistrat and Kuruman. Secondly, Chairperson, also note that a group from Gauteng were promised a leadership in electricity and light making in the Northern Cape, but it turns out they were only there to be trafficked. Thirdly, Chairperson, further note that a multidisciplinary team rescued a group and provided them with temporary accommodation 
after eight of them visited a local police station to lodge a complaint. Uh, lastly, the Chair, therefore call on the police to leave no stone unturned in making sure that the perpetrators of this crime face the full might of the law. I thank Honorable Chairperson. I so move on behalf of the African National Congress. Thanks, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Butler. Uh, any objection to the motion? None. There being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. Honorable Fesser, I know that your name is, is not disappeared. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Can you, am I audible? Please proceed. Thank you. On behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move without notice that this council notes that the NCOP receives petitions, submissions, and representations from interest groups and communities when all channels of communication are exhausted but are not dealt with constructively. Further notes that the period a petition is submitted takes months before it serves before the committee. The petitioning of, of the Ghase Kukuni municipality not supplying five villages with water for more than 10 years, despite four court orders, exhausted all available channels, including the, uh, the motion at the petition to President Ramaphosa's office. It is said that when water is delivered, the water is muddy and has a foul smell. Recently, again, the community was without water for three weeks. Again, notes that in terms of cooperative governance, appropriate action should be considered, ensuring that matters are effectively resolved as soon as possible and the select committee be informed accordingly. And lastly, that the petitioner receives communication on the decisions and time frames from all processes and procedures. I so move. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Professor. Uh, any objection to the motion? None. Uh, there being no objection, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the of the Constitution. Honorable Christian. Thank you, Chairperson. On behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move without notice that this council notes with great concern the displaced community of White City Rodepan in Kimberley in the Northern Cape due to sewage leaks. The Sulplaiki municipality has failed to fix and maintain the broken infrastructure of the sewer pump station in this area, now causing further damage to the homes of residents. Recalls that a number of households living in White City Road upon in Kimberley have had to leave their sewer flooded homes and relocate to the Riften Resort outside Kimberley, where affected families live for months due to the specified municipality's failure to address the sewage crisis, leaving their properties unattended and at the mercy of thieves and vandals and creating huge transport challenges for these families to get to work and school. Notes with further frustration that these 15 homes of the still displaced families have now been completely vandalized and broken down. Brings to, a, brings to the attention of this house that sinkholes are now forming in this area and that a further 50 families' homes are now in jeopardy due to sewer leaks. Also notes that the Premier of the Northern Cape indicated in 2020 that an amount of 500 million would be allocated amongst others to sewer pump repairs in the city. In fact, an amount of 20 million rand was to be spent towards addressing water and sewage leakages. 
However, to date, nothing has been repaired and the city of Kimberley further deteriorates as sewage leaks now occur in every, in every suburb across the city. Also note that the DA has laid a charge against the Soplike municipality at the South African Police Service and has filed a complaint with the Human Rights Commission. The area has also now been declared a disaster area by the municipality, but they have failed to assist this community with housing or compensation. This area is now a health, safety, economic and humane crisis as people's homes continue to flood with raw sewage. Further notes that the residents of White City, with the help of the Democratic Alliance, have signed a petition that will be handed over to the Premier of the Northern Cape, asking for a face-to-face meeting with the Premier. Further requesting compensation for the loss of their homes incurred directly because of mismanagement and negligence on the part of Sorplaki Municipality. And lastly, ask that this House notes the human rights tragedy occurring in this community and further urges Minister Mchunu to intervene as the provincial government is unable to avert this disaster. I so move. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, any objection? Objection, sir. There, has been, there, there being an objection, the motion may not be proceeded with and will become an, a notice of uh, a motion. How Thank you very you much. Such an important we'll issue. proceed to Honorable Lucas. Such an important issue. You object to it. You've got no shame. Honorable I Lucas. Agree. I agree. Honorable Lucas, maybe we should move on to Honorable Gillian, whilst Honorable Lucas, uh, uh, for some reason, is, is trying to uh, connect. Let's move on to Honorable Gillian. Honorable Gillian? Honorable Chairperson, allow me to rise on behalf of the African National Congress. At this August House, note with pride, the deep concerns and positions of the Mountain Kingdom of Lesotho about the reported incidents of Basotho nationals who cross the borders illegally into South Africa and become part of the criminal syndicates. The resolve by the Mountain Kingdom to strengthen its border control as part of reinforcing South Africa's resolve to stamp out illegal immigration believing that without the cooperation of the SEDA countries, cross-border crimes and illegal immigration into South Africa cannot be resolved. Therefore, welcomes the effort of the Mountain Kingdom of Lesotho further call on this August House to congratulate them for this act of solidarity and good neighborhood. I so move. Thank you very much, Honorable Gillian. Any objection to the motion? We object. No. Objection. Um, who, who's objecting? We're objecting to that motion. Yeah, please say your, your name. My gadgets are, 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 are well um, uh, um, mentioned there. My name is on my gadgets. Chaperson, 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 there was an objection uh, to Honorable Christian's yes. mo- motion, and you did not ask 
on a point of order can i make my point before in the chapter on a point of order chair yeah let's 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 hear let's hear what the point of order is chaperson my point Chaperson. is my point is chaperson there was there was a motion right yeah, by honorable christians honorable christians it was objected to and you did not ask for the objector's name now an yeah. anc motion is being objected to you want to know the objectors yes. and i'm saying to you chair that is that is not fair it's it's it's, 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 uh, it's i think i'm missing, missing the point there the big time nana you're missing the point big time the reason okay. really why i didn't pursue the issue with in, in relation to honorable christian's uh, motion is is because i could uh, identify the voice in the in the in the background all i needed to do really uh, in, in this in this one was was to find out who the person is because i couldn't immediately identify the the voice i'm that's clearly identifiable that's really identifiable in any way in any way now proceed i wanted to know who the object, objector was whose voice was it We are not going to tell you who the objector is. It is your responsibility. As the chairperson of the house, you are supposed to be checking all the budget. My budget is limited. Uh, the motion may not proceed with and become become a notice of a, of a, of a motion we'll now go back to honorable lucas honorable lucas thank you, thank you very much chairperson i rise on a, a motion without notice to ex- to request this house to take note of our disappointment in the western cape provincial executive that snap the women's charter report back session where almost a thousand women from the western cape came together to listen to their feedback with regards to the high level session that we had with the government of the western cape before where they made some commitments where not a single one of the executive of the western cape pitch to make sure that they together with ourselves give feedback to the women of the western cape with regards to the issues that we have raised with them before and with which they agreed that it will be uh, together with the ncop and parliament they will work on these issues so i want this house to take note with deep disappointment that it was the first province that we have visited and it was the first province where not a single member of the executive pitch not even the city of cape town yo sure. i so No, thank you very much. Uh, any objection to the motion? Chairperson. No. No. We are 
We are objecting to the fact that parliament resources are being used to fund an ANC program in the Western Cape. There was a purely ANC program you could even see on the pictures how ANC arrived in their regalia. Unfortunately, that's not the point of order. Objection. the point of order. It's a point of debate. And we have to the issue at an appropriate moment. Any objection to the motion? Objection, objection. No. People do not care that I There being an objection, the motion will not and it become an, a notice of a, of a motion. Thank you very much. Uh, honorable delegates, uh, before we proceed uh, to the subject of debate, I would like to take this opportunity to welcome the minister, the deputy minister, MECs, SALGA representatives, all permanent and special delegates to the, the House. We'll now proceed to subject for discussion, debate on National Women's Day, gender equality today for a sustainable uh, tomorrow. Um, uh, so our first speaker is going to be Honorable M. Guanamashamane, Minister of Minister of Defense for Women in the Presidency. Honorable Guanamashamane. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson uh, of the National Council of Provinces, uh, Dr. Amos Masondo. Honorable Deputy Chairperson, uh, Sylvia Lucas. Honorable Members, uh, Happy Women's Day and Happy Women's Month. Yesterday, I had an honor of joining His Excellency uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa in Ngungundov in Richmond in Kozul Natal to commemorate the National Women's Day under the theme Women's Socioeconomic Rights and Empowerment, Building Back Better for Women's Resilience 365 days of the year. All women from all corners, leaders in particular, made their presence felt, and we had a successful day. This month, uh, celebration and commemoration are formidable for the women uh, of 1956. 20,000 women have gathered to fight, to, uh, gathered in Pretoria at the union buildings to air their views as we continue to fight for the liberation of our nation. We stand proud of the women who refused to be silenced and discriminated and that subjugation and oppression continues. Honorable members, the South African Gender Assessment Study by the World Bank and the Department of Women, Youth and Persons with Disabilities with other stakeholders uh, reveal that significant progress has been made uh, towards gender equality since 1994. However, the study also reveals 
that the largest stumbling blocks to advancing the gender equality is a lack of economic uh, empowerment of women, higher prevalence of gender-based violence and femicide in our communities, and the poor implementation of the progressive legislation, uh, legislative work frameworks that we undertake. Therefore, the department, in line with our mandate, will continue to advocate, monitor, evaluate, and regulate for the rights of empowerment of women, youth, and persons with disabilities. At the same time, as the custodian of the National Strategic Plan on uh, GBVF, we continue to lobby the to lobby all government departments and social partners to collaborate in the fight against gender-based violence and femicide and its NSP, which is currently in year two of the of its implementation. Over the past two years, Your Excellencies, strides have been made in the following areas. NETLEC has just concluded its consultation on the National Council on Gender-Based Violence and Femicide and submitted a report to me, which will soon be presented to Cabinet and to the Parliament for the consideration and further processing. The multi-sectoral gender-based violence and femicide rapid response teams are in the process of being established in all provinces, districts, and local municipalities levels. The department continue to work with COCTA to ensure the integration of priorities of the NSP, gender-based violence and femicide, into district development uh, development mode and integration development plans. Technical monitors and data captures have been placed in the three pilot provinces, including KwaZulu-Natal, Eastern Cape, Gauteng, to enhance the capacity to, to of provinces to implement the NSP and gender budgeting framework. The department has developed the comprehensive uh, national prevention strategy on the gender-based violence and femicide that is designed uh, to proactively predict and prevent uh, violence. The president will convene the second a presidential a summit on gender-based violence and femicide on the, in, in November this year to take stock of uh, to, 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 to take stock and hold on different sectors to accountable different sectors accountable on the progress made on the implementation of the NSP. Honorable Chair, although the significant progress has been made, 
The reality is that women, children, and the LGBTQIA plus uh, persons are not safe in our communities. In the past week in the country, we woke up to the horrific, brutal murder of metric girls in Ngwangwenani uh, village in Dr. Ngozama local municipality in KwaZulu-Natal. This is just after eight models were ambushed and raped by a gang while filming a music, a, a music video in Krugersdorp, Johannesburg. We find ourselves in a moment of crisis that requires urgent uh, intervention. Honorable members, through chair, the department remains committed to empowering women and girls by promoting the socioeconomic opportunities across diverse social uh, sectors and value, value chains. The department is also facilitating the integration of women, youth, and persons with disabilities in the form in the in the value chain uh, management within the sanitary dignity prog- process. This is part of the fulfilling the mandate and the recommendations and of policies of the Center Dignity Implementation Framework. Furthermore, in 2021, the department initiated uh, in the implementation of the gender responsive planning, budgeting, monitoring, and evaluation framework. We are continuing with this work across the three spheres of our government. We have broadened the framework to include youth and disability, as well as all those who need our care, the vulnerable people. The key, the key to development over the past uh, year includes, one, the department continues to capitalize, uh, I'm sorry, to, cap- to, to capacitate the departments on the framework mainstreaming and uh, institutionalization of framework we are working with SALGA to provide the uh, induction of program for counselors on the framework and NSP on gender-based violence and femicide. Three, our advocacy and capacity building workshops on the framework has reached over 300 participants in quarter one of 2022, 2023. For the third report on self-assessment report on the implementation of framework was developed and by and approved by cabinet in May 2022. The report uh, provided a number of uh, recommendations and also revealed a steady improvement of. Uh, institutionalization of the framework across more departments. Five, the department is collaborating with the National Treasury and the de- and on development of implementation guidelines for gender responsive budgeting in relation to the framework 
and fiscal discourse. Six, the department continues to engage the social partners on gender uh, responsive budgeting through policy dialogue. Our recent engagement had over 700 international and national delegates uh, participating. Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, part of our mandate as a department is to advocate for gender participation, representation, ownership, and decision-making of women in the economy. The following interventions are well underway. One, department is in partnership with COCTA, continues to facilitate access to information for women, youth, and persons with disabilities to increase their participation in value chain on the Eastern Cape Seaboard development, which is starting. It was also quite uh, heartening, uh, Chair, to see the exhibitions that were uh, shown to the participant yesterday as we celebrate the 9th of August. Um, Two, uh, the department continues to facilitate the the participation of youth and persons with women and of women, youth and persons with disabilities with disabilities in the energy sector, including Mm -hmm. the participation of women in the sector during the Africa Energy Endeavor 2022. Three, we have implemented a radio talk show in 11 official languages to support enterprise development in business compliance amongst women in business. Four, the department is a strategic partner to the Women's Economic Assembly, WACONA, that was launched by His Excellency President Cyril Ramaphosa in 2021. WACONA assists uh, to facilitate the minimum of 40% of all procurement opportunities for women-owned businesses across sectoral value chains. Five, we have also signed an MOU with the Department of Agriculture and Rural Development to, uh, to ensure women, youth, persons with disabilities are mainstreamed in the agriculture and land redistribution. In conclusion, Chair, as we commence with the NCOP National Days debate, we may collectively unite across all political parties, patriarchy, poverty, inequalities, unemployment, and gender-based violence and femicide are the enemy of our people. We must respond to this clarion call to advance women's uh, effectiveness in participation in development of our country and champion of broader call for gender equality for all our people. Malibo Ongwe. Malama Kosika. Malama Kosika.
Honorable Mbane Mashabane. We now move on to Honorable S.T. Luca. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chairperson of Council of Provinces, Honorable Masondo. Am I not clear? Am I audible? I was muted on my side. Please proceed. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson of the National Council of Provinces, Honorable Amos Butambi Masondo, Minister in the Presidency for Women, Youth, and Persons with Disability. Honorable Nkwanama Shabane, House Chairperson Sengwenya and Nyambi, Chief Whip of the NCOP, Honorable Mohai, Members of the Council, Distinguished Guests, Ladies and Gentlemen. As South Africans, we all agree that we need to build a society that is peaceful, that is equal, and that is just. It is as envisioned in the NDP, our national uh, development plan, the UN Agenda 2030, and the African Agenda 2063. The current situation in South Africa call exactly for the women of South Africa to exert pressure on the population to join hands and ensure the safety of women. Thomas Sankara once said, Comrades, there is no true social revolution without the liberation of women. Close quote, and I quote him. We need to make sure as the, the, the population of South Africa, and we stand in agreement with our Honorable President, His Excellency, Cyril Matamela Ramaphosa, when he said, we call on men to lead the call to action. Just now, we also want to mention the police and we want to congratulate the action that was taken after the eight bottles was raped in uh, Krugersdorf, that we just got news that at least seven of the people that was arrested can be positively linked to the rape of this woman. The women of South Africa also agree that we all need to take the issues of women very serious and it should receive the urgent attention it desires. Women in the past have emerged as a primary catalyst for protests against and as challenges of the apartheid regime. South African women has never lost sight of the fact that meaningful change for them cannot come through reforms from the confines of an oppressive regime. They understood that their liberation could only materialize from the total destruction of that system. The ANC Women's League has an illustrious history from its launch in 1931 to the 1952 defiance campaign and the penning of the Women's Charter and finally the Women's March in 1956. Out of these emerged a pantheon of women leaders whose names still inspire pride in the political role of women in this country. Whom amongst us will forget Fatima Mir, Isitwalandwe, Helen Joseph and Lillian Ngoi who were the founders of the formation of the Federation of South African Women in 1954, which marked the start of a period of expansion of the political involvement of women, particularly black women. The specific aim of the Federation of South African Women was to bring the women of South Africa together in order to secure full equality of opportunity for all women, regardless of race, color or creed, 
as well as to remove their social, legal, and economic disabilities. A draft women's charter was presented by Hilda Bernstein and in complete identification with the National Liberation Movement as represented by the Congress Alliance at the established Federation of South African Women. It was adopted at the inaugural conference and included in the final report of that conference. The 1954 Women's Charter called for the enfranchisement of men and women of all races for equality of opportunity in employment, equal pay for equal work, equal rights in relation to property rights, marriage and children, and the removal of all laws and customs that denied women such equality. It further demanded paid maternity leave and free and compulsory education of all South African children. These demands were later incorporated into the Freedom Charter that was adopted by the Congress of the People held in Town near Johannesburg. Honorable members, the above is an illustration that women in South Africa have brutal regime and specifically as challenges of the apartheid regime. Early in the 1990s, the women of South Africa during the transitional period emphasized two strategies. These two strategies postulated the perspective of inclusive and transformative politics as complementary and mutually dependent. That was most clearly exemplified in the Women's Charter for Effective Equality adopted by the Women's National Coalition in 1994, which called for increased access to arenas of decision-making as well as structural transformation. The strategy for inclusion had brought support among women activists as it was seen as a means towards the goal of changing the conditions of the extent to which non-elite groups could expect that democracy would increase their access to power. Demands for inclusion also involved a substantive questioning of the assumption that the transition would result in grassroots citizens' participation in political institutions. The demand for quotas was, support, was supported because it was seen as an instrument that would facilitate women's access to decision-making and create a political space in which to articulate a transformatory ideal of citizenship. Representation was not conceived of as, as an end in itself, but as part of a broader agenda for redistribution of social and economic power. For these reasons as well, the women's movement participated in sharpening the design of the National Machinery for Women, a set of institutions inside and around the state that would create the mechanisms to articulate women's particular policy interests and hold the state accountable to its broad commitments to gender equality. Chairperson, the 2019 Women's Parliament took a resolution that Parliament should embark on a process to review the entire women's rights regime in order to assess the efficacy of existing systematic and institutional mechanisms across the three spheres of government in order to advance the realization of gender equality. The review process has explicitly expressed the glaring policy practice and the disjunction between public endorsement of gender equality and actual institutional practice. The 1994 Women's Charter for Effective Equality was used as the background to commence the review process. The, the 1994 Charter provided both the scope and context to assess the efficacy of key development policies, 
legislative instruments and institutional arrangements currently in place aimed at advancing the gender equality agenda. The outcome of the review as led by South African women from all walks of life was a revised women's charter for accelerated development, which is a strategic manuscript constructed within the embed and enabling context of a developmental state. The Women's Charter for Accelerated Development now serves as the demand document for the women of South Africa, articulating matters of urgent prioritization. The revised charter will also serve as a roadmap for effective policy redesign going forward. Legislative instrument efficacy assessments, three-sphere coordination of gender-responsive plan and budgets, implementation review processes, as well as monitoring and evaluation processes. The Women's Charter for Accelerated Development asserts the legitimacy and rights of women to enjoy an improved quality of life. And it asserts that effective equality can only be realized if the state machinery in all its facets is functionally gender mainstream. It further demands that the theory of change be embedded across all facets of the state machinery in order to create an enabling environment for gender equality to be achieved. This charter emphasizes the imperative of mainstreaming gender perspective and prioritizes priorities into government's planning and state machinery arrangements across the three spheres. Honorable chairs and honorable members, the Women's Charter for Accelerated Development is a worthy creation reflecting the collective idealism of our liberation. It is a set of institutionalized gender tools which needs a social condition of women. It lays the foundation laid by a woman forebears in the development of progressive women's rights. It has crafted a clear roadmap which all sectors of our society can follow as we advance collectively to transform the unequal development terrain in our country. The National Gender Policy Framework for Women's Empowerment and Gender Equality Gender equality is enshrined in several international declarations and conventions to which South Africa is a signatory. South Africa's policy and legal framework on gender equity reflects this, the foremost example being our constitution. More especially, especially South Africa's policy on gender and women's rights is outlined in the Women's Empowerment and Gender Equity Bill and the National Policy Framework for Women Empowerment. Honorable Members, Despite the existence of the draft gender policy framework on local government, provincial review sessions of the Women's Charter have highlighted systematic weaknesses in gender mainstreaming at provincial and local level. These weaknesses point to a lack of resource allocation, a lack of gender mainstreaming in IDP processes, a gender discourse that is events-driven, and uncoordinated provincial gender machinery. The lack of expertise and know-how in implementing gender mainstreaming processes and a general lack of support, amongst others. Furthermore, the Gender Policy Framework for Local Government was launched in September 2000 and emphasized the role that the IDP can play in mainstreaming gender in policies and implementation plans, as well as the importance of key stakeholders, such as gender focal points and structures, such as gender forums and monitoring and evaluation mechanisms to institutionalize government commitment to achieve gender equality. Yet to be finalized, the framework remains in draft form and has not been broadly adopted by municipalities, which is indicative of the failure to institutionalize gender mainstreaming at local level. 
in order to advance gender equality for a sustainable tomorrow. Gender budgeting in particular remains an urgent vehicle for contributing to gender equality. The principles of equality must be embedded in and mainstreamed into the provincial growth and development strategies as well as provincial spatial development framework of provinces. All spheres of government, civil society, and all South Africans need to continue to come together to bring an end to the sketch of gender-based violence and femicide. A centralized digital tracking system linking health, police, and court services must be made available for victims of gender-based violence in order to track their cases through central tracking numbers in order to ensure that women victims of violence are kept informed on the progress of their cases. We must ensure the state builds capacity to design and deliver gender-responsive social protection systems. The state must invent in gendered poverty and vulnerability assessment and improve this aggregated data. I want to extrapolate from the Women's Charter for accelerated development some of the key demands made by women during the review process, which should be prioritized for implementation as apex priorities. Strategic Objective 7 of the Women's Charter for Accelerated Development postulates the demand for the promotion of equitable access to comprehensive, adequate, and sustainable social protection systems for women. Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members, social protection coverage for women of working age and for children and adolescents, especially in Africa, Asia, and the Pacific, has improved over the past two decades, but nevertheless remains limited. A gender political economy analysis approach can help to understand why and how progress has or has not been made in promoting gender equality objectives in social protection, design, implementation, and outcomes, and to identify entry points for priority action, close quote. Social protection for women is postulated in the Women's Charter for Accelerated Development as a transitory process where women who are who are eligible, will receive social protection from government, must also be prioritized for skills development, employment opportunities, and business opportunities. In this way, women and their children will be freed from the clutches of generational poverty. Strategic Objective 8 of the Women's Charter for Accelerated Development postulates women's demand for deconstructing patriarchy and inequality in political and civic life with particular focus on advancing women's adequate representation, particularly at local government level. Honorable members, honorable chairperson, from the local to the global level, women's leadership and political participation continues to be restricted. Women are underrepresented as voters, as well as in leading positions, whether in elected office, civil service, the private sector, or the academia. This occurs despite their proven abilities as leaders and agents of change and their right to participate equally in democratic governance. Women face several obstacles to participating in political life. Structural barriers through discriminatory laws and institutions still limit women's options to run for orphans. We need to ensure that these matters are addressed in order to enable women to participate effectively across all sectors of society. Strategic Objective 10 of the Women's Charter for Accelerated Development postulates women's demand for deconstructing patriarchal hegemony in custom culture and religion. uh, 
uh, honorable chairperson, you are really now uh, making me. No, uh, that's a question of time. You are yeah. really now confusing. But I want to reiterate that the struggles remain for women in this epoch is the realization of radical economic transformation for the women of South Africa. A growing body of evidence shows that economic growth is a gendered process and that gender inequalities can pose barriers to shared prosperity. Growth patterns that exploit women's position as a source of flexible labor may result in jobs that do very little to transform the, transform their bargaining power within the economy or lessen the burden of the unpaid care work. And growth that generates forms of employment that favor male workers can also buttress existing ideologies of the male breadwinner, leaving pre-existing gender inequalities largely intact. Such evidence makes it clear that unless the gender dimensions of inclusive growth are made explicit, and unless policies for inclusive growth aim to improve women's well-being and address gender gaps, it is unlikely that growth will benefit women and men equally. We must ensure that we wage a concerted fight for radical economic transformation to enable women's equitable access into all economic platforms of the country. The emancipation of women is not an act of charity or the result of a humanitarian or compassionate attitude. The liberation of women is a fundamental necessity for society, the guarantee of its continuity, and the precondition of its victory. Hence, the theme of this debate is gender equality today for a sustainable tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Lucas. We'll now move on to Honorable uh, F. Nkomonye. Honorable Nkomonye. Chairperson of the National Council of Provinces, the Deputy Chairperson of NCOP, permanent delegates, uh, as well as special delegates, Minister Nguanima Shabane, invited guests, ladies and gentlemen, Allow me to extend the warm greetings to you all on behalf of the people of the province of the Eastern Cape. We welcome the invitation to participate in this important discussion on the commemoration of National Women's Day under the theme Gender Equality Today for a Sustainable Tomorrow. Chairperson, this is indeed a good theme that the the Council has chosen for this year. But sadly, again, uh, women's Month in our country is clouded by brutality meted out to women. It is becoming an undesirable norm that every year on Women's Month, some horrific crime is committed against the women of our country. And, and those uh, crimes shock the country uh, and, and as well the entire globe. As the Eastern Cape province, we add our voices to condemn the incident that occurred in Kruger's Top, where eight women were brutally raped. We cannot fathom the pain they are going through as they have to live the rest of their lives with deep physical and psychological scars of the rape ordeal. As a society, we must be a strong support system for the eight victims and many other women going through the same agony of gender-based violence and femicide. They don't need us to play politics about their ordeal, but they they want real meaningful support. We also record our disgust to what happened and call for swift actions by law enforcement agencies to bring all the rapists to book. That incident indicates clearly that women in our country remain highly vulnerable to violent crimes. Hence, the South African Police Services Crime Statistics 
consistently highlights that women are on the receiving end of most crimes that are committed in South Africa. More must be done by the entire justice system to protect women and to deliver justice on their behalf when they have been violated. The people of this country are fast losing trust in the justice system, and I hope that those who lead it are taking note. Coming back to your theme of the day, Chaperson, as the Eastern Cape, we we believe good progress has been made to affirm women in our country. Yesterday marks 66th anniversary of the historic march to the Union buildings by the gallant heroines of our struggle for national liberation. Izenzo zamani na atata inga kaiba glomi kushuzo. Zave zelubala kwishabati ukushugunyezo kwa malungilo abantu abango mama pansi kombuso wengeneze. Under their clarion slogan of Watindaba Faz, their heroic fight against apartheid draconian laws was a history-defining moment in the struggle of our liberation. Yolondo na mshanje kasisichonge pongo ukuba amanina ayeko ne mzabalazwin kwaye abenefute elikamileyo. It is precisely for this reason that the post-1994 democratic government made the commitment to empower women in South Africa in recognition of the role they played in the struggle and to reverse the indignity of sexism and inequality they suffered under apartheid. This year, our Women's Month celebrations have special significance because our women's football team, Banyana Banyana, has conquered Africa by winning WAFCON 2022. And the province of the Eastern Cape had six players in that team. It's a historic achievement and we are proud of what the girls have achieved. We also welcome the contributions by business and government to empower Banyana Banyana players addressing issues such as their education and their wages. The University of South Africa has made a specially passary program for all the 23 players of Banyana Banyana to further their studies. Education will benefit our players even after they retire from playing football, and we urge them to grab the opportunity presented by UNISA with both hands. We also welcome the commitment pay, pay, made by our president Cyril Ramaphosa to end wage disparities between our male and female national teams. We call on owners of PSL teams such as Keza Chiefs, Orlando Parades, Chipa United to launch women's teams that can compete in the PSL and offer women a chance to make a living through football. In other sectors of socio-economic strata, women are occupying more positions of leadership in government, state-owned enterprises, and some private sector firms. The good thing is that women who are leading at these institutions are already making progressive changes where they lead. For instance, Transnet is turning a corner under the leadership of Ms. Portia Debbie as they recently posted a recovery from the COVID-19 financial fallout, reporting a $5 profit for its full year ending 31 March 2022. AXA is steady under the leadership of Ms. Mpomimpofu, meaning the rebuilding of our SOEs into formidable vehicles for development is in full swing.
The economic emancipation of women in many of our communities is also yielding positive results. We now see more women-led companies uh, building schools, houses, roads, and other development initiatives. For example, we recently opened a brand new 128 million Etora primary school, Engobo, that was built by 50% women-owned construction company called Temi Construction. If you go to our SEZs, uh, as well as East London ITZ, you will find women contractors on site building new factories for investors. This indicates clearly that women are claiming their space in the sectors that were previously male-dominated. More women are making their mark also in the agricultural sector. Female farmers such as Zoli Wenombeu and Sipesi Lekwetan are game-changers in the agricultural sector. But the challenges of access to land and capital remain an obstacle to their growth. This is where more focus focus and resources must be invested by government and the private sector. With those few words, uh, Honorable Chairperson, as the province of the Eastern Cape, we are saying forward with gender equality. By the time we celebrate the 30th anniversary of our democracy in 2024, we must be in a better position on gender equality and mainstreaming of women than we are today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable Nkomonye. We'll then move on to Honorable Parker. Honorable Parker. Um, thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members, and Honorable Minister and Deputy Minister. Happy Women's Day and Women's Month, Gender equality is a fundamental human right. Gender equality in South Africa was reported at 1% in 2020, according to the World Bank, indicating just how dismal we as a country are doing. Gender equality means the rights, responsibilities, and opportunities of individuals will not depend on whether they are male or female handicapped or able-bodied, young or elderly, white or black, from rural or urban settings. To achieve this, South Africa has many mountains to climb to achieve gender equality by 2030. The progress needed by South Africa to reach the gender-related targets of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals requires strong and renewed efforts. With only eight eight years um, with only eight years to go until the deadline to achieve um, the sustainable development goals, the progress in gender equality, um, uh, gender equality and gender SDGs indicators has stagnated. In reality, gender equality seems like an illusion in South Africa. Gender-based violence is another major societal challenge and plague in South Africa. South African women are still economically disadvantaged. They make up a disproportionate section of the unemployed and tend to occupy more of the lower paid jobs as domestic and farm laborers. And they often earn less than men for the same task. This cannot be in a democratic and equal society that we claim to be. Recently, the South African women's soccer team, Banyana Banyana, won the WAFCON and the recent debate of reinvestment being equal to that of their male counterparts, Bafana Bafana, was an issue of discussion. One would have to face reality and ask, why was it even an issue of debate in a country that has been talking 
and preaching gender equality for more than two decades. As President Ramaphosa promised, uh, uh, sorry, as President Ramaphosa promised, when welcoming the national heroines, this must be corrected with immediate effect. Women are still bearing the cross of being undermined in the workplace when they are in senior positions, mainly because they are females. Women have a burden of having to prove their ability twice as much as men due to the patriarchal society with gender norms and values that are biased. Women participation is often limited by traditional and religious standards. There's a vast need for a robust women participation in decision-making. Women constitute more than half of South African population, and therefore their voices must be included when decisions are taken and laws are made. The inclusion of women in in the decision-making process should be the cornerstone of gender equality. Women should participate in all levels of, of government and lawmaking because the implementation of legislation and government policies has an impact on their daily lives. More importantly, research has shown that when women take part in decision-making, it leads to an increased focus and allocation of resources that improve the quality of life for all. An increase in the participation of women in lawmaking can, by extension, lead to an improvement in access to basic services such as housing, education, and welfare. Despite women constituting the the majority of the South African population, women are still in the minority when it comes to decision-making. There are many challenges that prevent women from playing a full and meaningful role. And the biggest one is poverty. Poverty is a struggle faced by many South African women, especially those in rural areas. According to statistics, one in every four women aged 18 or older have experienced with a partner physical, sexual, or emotional violence in their lifetime. Poverty and food insecurity are central to women being vulnerable. There's a strong connection between hunger and gender inequality. The marginalized groups indicator 2019 report shows that on average, 40.6% of females headed household were without an employed um, household member. Gender equality is regarded as an important determinant of food security. However, during 2019, approximately one-tenth, which is 11.1% of female-headed households reported having suffered from hunger compared to 9.7% of female-headed households. Gender inequality is a challenge across all sectors in South Africa, predominantly the health sector. COVID-19 has exposed significant gender gaps in women's and girls' rights, including increasing violence. Issues related to teenage pregnancy is significantly impact, um, impact the empowerment of women. More than 6% of girls between 14 and 19 years of age were at different stages of pregnancy during the 12 months prior to the survey. Even though young girls are allowed to attend school while pregnant, others, other challenges such as financial, family support, discrimination, and victimization from the society exist that hinders them from progressing to higher levels of education. 
evidence shows that women of childbearing age who had their first birth at the age of 15 to 19 and 20 to 24 are less likely to attain a tertiary qualification compared to those who had their first birth later in life. However, we need to promote protective sex and family planning measures so as to ensure that unplanned and unwanted pregnancy is avoided. Women are entitled to live in dignity, safety, and security. Empowering women and girls is a need um, is a need needed tool for advancing development and reducing poverty. Women who are healthy, educated, in charge of their lives contribute to the health and wealth of the whole society at large. There are widespread gender inequalities in maternal health, education at higher level, employment, socioeconomic platforms, political participation, and a broader socioeconomical area. Reality is, as much as there is consistent advocacy of gender equality, there is still a long way to go to ensure women emancipation in all levels of our society. The ability of women and girls to exercise their sexual and productive rights, to make free and informed choices about their sexual and productive life is a vital component of gender equality. We need to engage more on how to address such problems and challenges in our, in our country. Failure to do so will mean that women will never realize the fruits of our freedom and democracy and democratic society. Lastly, Chepesi, it is quite important that we choose capable individuals to lead a department that is to improve women's lives in our country. Currently, the ministry leaves a lot to be desired. Case in point, in our recent question session with the Minister of Women, Youth and Persons with Disability, she didn't know um, the cup won by Banyana Banyana, and, so, and secondly, did not instill any sense of confidence in, in this house and the general public, indicating just how huge a problem of cater deployment is. I thank you, Chairperson. You had a good debate, but how about spoil it when you end because of a bad will haunt you? We'll proceed to Honorable Mukause. Hmm. Honorable Mukause. Of the Council Chair. Today we take part in this debate. We would like to extend a word of appreciation to the woman of Matatiele, Alfred and Zor region in the Eastern Cape who yesterday came out in numbers to listen to the Commander-in-Chief and President of the Economic Freedom Fighters at Maluti Civic Center. Chair, this clearly demonstrates the eager for change, women who no longer desire to live under the oppression of unemployment, lack of opportunities, and resources that are channeled to those who are politically connected. We salute you, women of Maluti, for saying we no longer believe in this failed system of President Cyril Ramaphosa. Chairperson, today we mark Women's Day, the anniversary of the Great Women's March of 1956, which was celebrated yesterday, where 20,000 women marched to the union buildings in Pretoria to protest against legislation aimed at tightening the apartheid government's control over the movement of Black women in urban areas. Chair, we celebrate 
the courageous and powerful women of Africa who have come before us and fought against oppression. The generation of Mama Lillian Goy, Mama Winnie Madigizena Mandela, Mama Charlotte Mateke, and many others who were mobilizers in our communities and continue to inspire us to demand better living condition. Today, Chair, therefore, also marks an opportunity to take stock of where we are and how far we have come in a struggle for equality, advocacy, and support for women's movement. This day allows us to take stock and strategize on a way forward, for we have come a long way since those women made those demands chair, but we are yet to accomplish what they started. Are we going to accomplish this under this administration, Chairperson? The answer is no. As Black African women today, there is a little to celebrate as the current existing little uh, political will to ensure that gender equality is guaranteed. The achievement of meaningful freedom remains a struggle, whether it be in the regard to the return of the land, economics, or politics. Progress has been slow and uneven chair. Women still face inequality and discrimination no matter where they live. And as women of this country, we know the challenges before us. We can name them one by one. Today, women are oppressed because positions in the workplace and in society in general are still occupied by men to the exclusion of women. We struggle for recognition in the economic structure as men still decide who occupies which position. Women are marginalized and uh, underutilized in many public institutions. Black women in particular endure double oppression and more economic exclusion than any other race. Men still earn larger wages than women. Even in an instance where they do the same work with the same qualification. And we are still uh, started to lower wages too. This is despite claims made about progress with gender equality in the workplace. Chair, Black women remains invisible and stand a mere token participating on the margins of the economy. Discrimination against women and girls is rampant and in some cases getting worse. Educational experience level seems to make no difference. Our country is still underperforming chair on gender equality and a large gaps, gap remains between laws and their implementers. Our lives are also in constant danger chair. Women continue to die at the hands of men on a daily basis across all provinces. Our country is characterized by horrendous scourge of gender-based violence. So much so we've been labeled the rape capital of the world, a label which uh, throughout the years have proven 
uh, difficult to shake off as hundreds of cases of rapes, uh, assaults are reported on a daily basis. The fight against women abuse is held back because those in power are perpetrators of this crime too. The men occupying the highest office in the land currently stand accused of kidnapping and torturing his female domestic worker at Palapala Farm. We stand here today in a very important debate, but none of these ANC cheerleaders who spoke here before me mentioned this uh, hilarious act of their president. Chair, we live in fear of being raped every day, fear, being, fear of being raped in our homes, churches, and at a workplace. And alarming the perpetrators of these hilarious acts are getting bolder in their acts, more violence and bestial. Chairperson, our children are also dying in the hands of men. There hasn't been much done by an administration of President Cyril Ramaphosa to ensure that beyond violence which we face, that we are living ordinary lives. Women also remain the face of poverty in South Africa under the government which claims to be having a full ministry of women and children who does not inspire confidence at all. We are a country that is applauded for having the best constitution, but our government under the leadership of President Cyril Ramaphosa gets away with so much. Our parliament beat up women and our law enforcement agencies are found wanting when crimes of gender-based violence are reported to them. Chairperson, there is no justice for women in this country, including at the level of a lawmaking, which is Parliament of the Republic of South Africa. Chairperson, it is against this backdrop that uh, the EFF operates consistently advancing the cause of women emancipation. Gender equality and women empowerment are on the top of the agenda of the economic freedom fighters. And we are committed to making sure that we walk the talk. As the EFF, we have consistently called for municipalities and other government departments to provide opportunities for women-led uh, initiatives because it is these initiatives, Chairperson, that leaves lasting legacy in our communities. The sexual abuse of women and girls remains firmly on the social agenda of the economic freedom fighters. As we have committed ourselves on the right to live free for the violence which affect one or three women to equal pay for sexual work, uh, to an equal say in the decision that affects her life, and to the fundamental right to decide if and when we will have children and how many children we will have. Chairperson, for, clo uh, for closing the gender gap, is a human right issue and there can be no economic freedom for women to speak of if this gap still exists. Chair, we are in total objection of the parliament resources used through the Women's Charter Review Program led by the Deputy Chairperson 
of the National Council of Provinces, Ms. Sylvia Lucas. Undermining using this machine to mobilize women. Can I raise on a point of order? Yes, point of order. Let's hear it. Chairperson, I really want to call order on the specific allegation because I see there is an allegation. All of the members of EFF and other ZF attended that session can attest to the fact that we are not responsible or we are not uh, having any party politics in the events. Even the DA members that have attended know that it was on a very apolitical manner and Honorable Makaza is making an allegation without having the necessary evidence that it is a fact. I want to, I want to call that order. Yes. Um, I'm sure uh, Honorable Makaza would uh, note that... Uh, if you do want to raise uh, an allegation of this kind, uh, there, are, there are ways in which this can be done. One of them is a substantive motion, uh, which enables uh, a member to detail uh, issues and, and therefore uh, uh, afford other members an opportunity to debate the, the matter. Uh, uh, let's note what has been raised uh, and ask Mkahuse to to proceed, uh, and, and if indeed she wants to pursue the matters in a manner indicated, uh, let's pursue the matter as uh, indicated. Thank you very much. Chairperson, having noted what Honorable Lucas said, her actions are disgusting, undermining using a machinery to mobilize women under the banner of the ANC. Listen, and I want to of the meetings held in the Western Cape all who attended order. We cannot describe to people what to wear to the events of parliament. I want to call order chairperson. We cannot describe to people what to wear to events of parliament. If Honorable Makause was present, she would have percent of that woman was African woman, and is it because they are African women from the Western Cape? The Western Cape is a DA-led province. How does it happen that because of what people are wearing, according to her, she didn't see the other woman that was present there? It is, yeah, I, I am still calling the order, and I, I like want to maintain the order that members, uh, you have established. Uh, I was well, you are out of order, Honorable Lucas. You are out of order. That's a point of debate. Yes, uh, uh, yes um, I, I appeal, Honorable Members, that uh, if we want to pursue this kind of matter, let's do it uh, in an orderly manner, manner provided for in our in our rules. Uh, uh, that's the only way in which we can sort it out, where we allow open debate. Uh, on the on the set uh, the question, uh, so I plead that uh, let us proceed uh, without honourable uh, goals uh, belabouring the, the point. Please proceed. Thank you, Chairperson. In closing, we would like to send an extremely strong message to the African National Congress, both in Parliament and the NCO, that these actions are disgusting. We are not going to fold our arms and sit back and watch the ANC further bankroll their programs using government resources and parliamentary resources. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, 
Honorable members, let's, let's then proceed. Uh, our next speaker is going to be Honorable Ian Kosi. But as I call on Honorable Ian Kosi to take the platform, uh, I will request the Honorable, Honorable Nguenya to take over the chair. Honorable Nguenya. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair. Greetings to your good self, uh, all protocol observed. Allow me to celebrate and commemorate all women during this Women's Month, those that are um, with us, who continue the quest for gender equality and freedom, and to all those that we have lost during the struggle and quest for freedom for all. Throughout the decades, women have made it possible for visible strides towards gender equality. Historically, it is a fact that women's political and socioeconomic rights were largely ignored. Gender equality was extremely overlooked. Women's role in society were reduced to a domestic one and lacked any formal recognition. Undertaking that historical backdrop, we must reflect on the progress of women that South Africa has made since democracy towards gender equality. Today, we celebrate the rights and privileges that women fought so hard to obtain. As women, we have to remind ourselves of the bravery and tactic of the women of 1956 and withdraw strength and courage for the socio-economic challenges that we face today. Politically and in government, South Africa has made visible strides in the representation of women. Today, it is befitting to extend congratulations to the first woman, Deputy Chief Justice, Judge Mandy Samaya. It must be emphasized that South Africa is among the top of 10 Sorry, Chair, Africa is among the top 10 of countries globally to have successfully implemented reforms to improve women's legal rights. Being a signatory to the 1995 Beijing Declaration in Sub-Saharan Africa, South Africa is counted amongst countries that has improved gender equality through progressive legislation and representation of women. House Chair, we are amongst countries that showcase a high percentage of Woman representation on the continent. In the NCOP, as we speak, alone women MPs have increased from 28% in the fifth parliament to 36% in the sixth parliament. We hope to see a rise in this number in the seventh parliament. Higher representation means that more women will be able to articulate and insert women's issues in fulfilling our transformation agenda. We are determined to ensure that in the eight years remaining to reach the 50-50 target of gender equality in accordance with Goal 5 of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals on Gender Equality and in line with the commitments made at the 5th World Conference of Women in Beijing through the Beijing Platform for Action, we will achieve the targets set. South Africa has joined the Generation Equality Forum to accelerate the implementation of programs and projects to reach those goals by 2020. Honorable House Chair, we welcome the ratification of the ILO Convention 
by our government to ensure the right of everyone to a word of work that is free for violence and harassment, including gender-based violence and harassment. Through our oversight as parliamentarians, we have to ensure that convention does not remain on paper, taking place as we change places of work to safer environments. However, despite significant progress made since the dawn of democracy, research also highlights that women remain marginalized in the mainstream economy and economic opportunities available in the country. According to, to statistics, it is said that the South African labor market is more favorable to men than women. And research indicates that men are still more likely to be paid more than women. Although 2021 census indicates the South African population consists of more women than men, statistics reveal that there are more men in empowerment, in employment than women, and the gender pay gap still persists, causing disparities in the labor market. These are some of the structural barriers that we have to overcome to transform our economy to be inclusive to principles of gender equity. Government through legislation and and regulations is intensifying efforts in mainstreaming women into the formal economy. Building a sustainable tomorrow for women means that our focus has to be geared toward creating sustainable jobs for women and tackle the casualization of jobs, particularly in the private sector, which mainly affect women and youth and youth Government has fostered various interventions for the inclusion of women to ensure for gender equitable socioeconomic transformation. Last year in October, the president launched the Women Economic Assembly, a partnership between the private sector, civil society, and women's organizations to facilitate the participation of women-owned businesses in core areas of the economy. This initiative emphasizes the participation of women-owned enterprises on the entire value chain to foster sustainable economic development. The Assembly will further activate, coordinate, and monitor government and private sector actions towards preferential procurement for women and for women-owned businesses. The Women Economic Assembly also seeks to connect and inspire innovations, taught leadership and action to transform value chain eco as well ecosystem as well as to obtain a deep common understanding and detailed articulation of sector specification value chain value chain ecosystems. This will enable businesswomen to identify entry points and opportunities for sustainable economic. Participate, participation. Furthermore, House, Honorable House Chair, we must acknowledge progress in the implementation of the National Strategic Plan on Gender-Based Violence and Femicide, particularly Pillar 5, which calls for the need to create more economic opportunities for women who are vulnerable to abuse due to poverty, unemployment, and social inequality. With regards to women-owned businesses and public procurement, the African Union Loster Agenda 2063 calls for an allocation of at least 25% government 
of at least 25%. Government has agreed that 40% of public procurement is to be availed to women. The Women Economic Assembly is the vehicle utilized to unlock this public procurement opportunity for women-owned businesses across sectoral value chains. To outline some of progress, the Assembly has developed a strategy to roll out the structure to provinces to to ensure that women-owned businesses benefit from preferential procurement processes in all spheres of government and create access to markets in the private sector. It will hold the second uh, Women Economic Assembly in October 2022. Unlocking market access through preferential procurement has a direct multiplier effect to economic growth and increased access to income. The Department of Women, Youth and Persons with Disabilities has partnered with the World World Bank in collaboration with SARS to release a report on women and trade facilitation in South Africa. The findings of the report highlight the challenges that women in business face with regards to exports. The The report shows how mainstreaming of gender into matters of custom processes and exports procedures can significantly reduce the barriers women continue to face in trade. South Africa is the most unequal country in the world. In response, the Department of Women, Youth, and Persons with Disabilities has put forward that there should not be any mega project in the country which excludes women, youth, and persons with disabilities in its inception. Honorable House Chair, during March and April 2022, responding to the Eastern Seaboard Development Program, the department, in partnership with the Minister for Quarter, hosted two Izimbizos in the Eastern Cape and Wazulu Natal to facilitate access to information for women, youth, persons, and disability to enable their participation in the development. In March 2022, an exhibition space at the Africa Energy in Dubai held. On Cape T- in Cape Town, provided women the energy sector space with the opportunity to exhibit their work, providing exposure of their work, a big business in the energy sector throughout the continent. The department continues with dialogues across the country that focus in, on renewable energy, financial inclusion, and best practice models on the empowerment of women, youth, and persons with disabilities. In response to to ANC policy, the department is collaborating with the Department of Trade Industry and Competition and other departments towards mainstreaming women, youth, and persons with disabilities into the African continental free trade area and the development of the African Union Protocol on Women and Trade to facilitate their participation in cross-border trading. This month is about the achievement of women and celebrating women's achievements across all disciplines. In Women's Month, we need to congratulate our women's national soccer team, Banyana Banyana, in their momentous achievement by winning the Women's Africa Cup of Nations. We also welcome the intention by the Minister, Natim Teta, that the female soccer team be paid equally to their male soccer counterparts. This is a noteworthy occasion in the history of women's football, and we believe that all the sporting dis- disciplines should be should follow suit.
Eradicating the gender pay party gap is one of the biggest challenges that we still have to overcome. To overcome, we believe in equal pay for equal work of equal value. We have to deal with the gender party gap, especially in the private sector, and we should monitor the compliance to prescript if we are truly eradicate gender pay inequality. In conclusion, Chairperson, we have a responsibility as the multi-party women's caucus in Parliament to seriously undertake our agreed projects. At the start of the sixth Parliament in 2019, we comprehensively engaged on what needs to be taken and the foresight of the discussions in is even more relevant today. We identified the national gender machinery, gender responsive planning, 50% gender party and gender-based violence and femicide as some of the key issues that needed to be tackled. Today, we need to ask ourselves, how far are we with what we set out to do? And what is the impact of our work? In particular, the one that caucuses the, that caucuses the great violation of our dignity and who are we? Gender-based violence. Chairperson, uh, I would like to say that um, in this council, we are not going to be told by Mukawuse as the ANC as to what we must say. Thank you very much. Malibongwe. Kamala Makosikas. Thanks very much, uh, Honorable Mukosi. Honorable members, I would now like to call Honorable Faith Mazibugo, MEC of Houting. Over to you, MEC. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair. Let me acknowledge uh, the chairperson of the NCOP, the deputy, uh, uh, deputy chairperson, Honorable Lucas. Uh, let me acknowledge uh, the Honorable Minister, uh, let me also acknowledge the Chief Whip, uh, Honorable S.J. Muhai, Honorable Members of the Council, let me also acknowledge yourself, uh, Chairperson, as you are chairing this uh, session. Uh, good afternoon to Honorable Members and to yourselves. Yesterday, the 9th of August, women from all walks of life in Gauteng marched from Church Square to the Union Buildings in commemorating of the Women's March of 1956. They presented a memorandum to Premier David Makura with demands highlighting the plight women face in this gender unequal society we live in. The women call for government to be proactive in fighting gender-based violence and femicide and invest extra efforts in changing the behavior of perpetrators to prevent the incidences of of GPTF. On the 6th of August, as the Houghton province, we also launched our Women's Month calendar of events under the theme Social Economic Rights, Empowerment and Resilience. The 2022 Women's Month uh, uh, activities will be celebrated in line with what uh, the national has also identified. And our focus will mainly be on socioeconomic empowerment in the present as well as for the future. Therefore, the approach is to bring into sharp focus women's rights, empowerment, pursuit, pursuit of equality through the month of August. As I indicated, Honorable Chair, ours, uh, we are working in line with the theme of socioeconomic rights, empowerment, and resist- resilience. A wide range of Houghton government programs will pay special attention to the needs of the women. Priority has been given to promoting women's access to economic opportunities, 
we will also uh, be able to achieve this through access uh, through our plans in growing the housing, uh, 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 the GGT 2030. Our roadmap to 2030 depends on the implementation in a more focused and targeted manner. Its delivery method, methodology is underpinned by the ethos of activist, caring, ethical government that works with and within the communities. Women's economic levels, participation, representation, ownership, management, control, as well as issues of the unpaid care economy need to be brought to the fore and be dealt with rigorously. Through the Equal Pay for Equal Work uh, 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 value campaign, for example, uh, quite a lot of members have also mentioned the issue of Banyana, Banyana visas, Bafana, equal sharing of unpaid care and domestic work, and an end to sexual harassment, including in the workplace, eradication of all forms of violence against women and children and the girl child, and focus on prevention of gender-based violence and femicide. Continue building ongoing programs across governments and other key partners based on key priorities such as the financial inclusion of women and target of 40% minimum government procurement spent benefiting women. Increasing access to markets and trade, this will result in achieving gender equality and women empowerment. Key government departments will also have ongoing programs to also increase women's access to opportunities for entrepreneurship development SMMEs and cooperatives and to continue an ongoing work on gender responsive budgeting with the provincial treasury towards a model for gender responsive budgeting across the planning and budgeting cycle in the province. Moving forward, we'll be concentrating on building back so that women become resilient against these negative impacts and can withstand natural, biological and man-made disasters that they face. It is further critical to continue focusing on socioeconomic factors that impact their lives and livelihoods and aggressively pursue socioeconomic empowerment measures for a better life for all the women and girls in the province. Thus, the pursuance of a sustainable programmatic approach for Women's Month is premised on ongoing endeavors towards women's socioeconomic rights, women empowerment and advancement, dealing with the scale of gender-based violence and femicide and heightening communication of the interrelatedness of such programs to services available for women across the different sectors. Hence, the approach for commemorating of our Women's Month as one of those programmatic approach where ongoing programs and interventions should be built and promoted beyond ACAS. House Chair, building safer communities remain the central goal of the sixth administration. This is integral priority that is in line with our growing Housing Together 2030 plan, and it is the... It is the strategic executive guiding document to fast track the province's path to prosperity through urgent, consistent, and impact-based outcome. The safety and security of the LGBTQIA plus community, women, people with disabilities, and the elderly and children are a priority. The strengthening of safety, social cohesion, and food security remain key focus for the vulnerable communities in Gauteng, and with greater collaboration, we can make greater strides. The gender-based Violence and femicide pandemic speaks directly to the priority four of our Gauteng seven priorities, namely safety, social cohesion, food security. The Gauteng provincial government recognizes the need for strengthening of effective GPVF prevention and mitigation programs. This includes initiatives that highlight the role of local communities in the renewal, repeal, and change of harmful cultural practices 
which are perpetuating gender-based violence and femicide, forging of strong partnerships between government, civil society, and private sector in responding to the socioeconomic impacts of this social ill are an ongoing effort we are embarking on. The unacceptably high levels of GBVF in Gauteng are applied on our, on our province consciousness and a betrayal of our constitutional order for which so many fought for and which so many gave their lives for. The rate of crime, especially uh, in our province, has reached crisis point, and it is therefore my belief that everyone must be involved in partnership with the police in order to arrest the scourge and build community uh, police relations. Just a week ago, uh, weeks ago, uh, Honorable House Chair, uh, all we know that uh, women were actually uh, gang raped by illegal men, uh, uh, minors known as Zamazamas in Krugersdorp. Uh, Krugersdorp is not in Johannesburg, Honorable Minister. And the latest series of attacks in Gauteng have brought the GBVF pand- uh, pandemic into the national uh, spotlight. The harrowing ordeal has left many women feeling helpless and the community of Krugersdorp reeling with shock and anger as part of the policing fraternity and criminal justice system, must use all suitable weapons to prevent and fight crime in our respective communities. This requires a new citizenry and a citizenry and community that is patriotic enough to care not only about themselves, and but also their neighbors and their communities. We do not have the luxury of a passive citizenry where women are brutalized and killed at a, such an alarming rate. As the Houghton government will welcome the progress so far, since the arrest of the perpetrators and the link of some of the men to this horrendous uh, act through their DNA. DNA. GPVF robs women and children daily of their constitutional rights and condemns them to a life of perpetual fear. And statistics that we forever hear about have become horrendous. This is a sketch that affects all of us, young and old, black and white, rich, poor, queer and heterosexual, rural and urban, and it pervades every sphere of our society. The Gauteng Provincial Government recognizes the need for the strengthening of effective prevention and mitigation programs of GPVF, and this includes initiatives that will highlight the role of the district development model, which we have ensured will work at world-based level. Uh, the South Africa the adopted National Strategic Plan on Gender-Based Violence, which was adopted, had six pillars and equally as the Houghton Provincial Government, in line with that, we also developed and made sure that we respond to that by developing our own Houghton Emergency Response Action Plan, which has five pillars, which has five pillars, and amongst them is the agency responding to victims and survivors of GPVF, broadening access to justice for survivors, changing social norms and behavior through high-level awareness raising and prevention campaigns, strengthening existing architecture and promoting accountability, the creation of a more economic opportunities for women who are vulnerable to abuse because of poverty. The province has since developed also its plan in responding to that, taking into account that as Houghton, we have been having stations that always feature very highly within the national uh, crime statistics that uh, we, uh, uh, are always announced by minister. This multi-sectoral coordination, coordination is essential in ensuring collaboration across different spheres of government and across different sectors of society based on relations of mutual benefit and trust to give effect uh, uh, to the integrated plan uh, that we have as the Gauteng Provincial Government. Through the GPVF program, which is one of those that we have developed in ensuring that we have men 
and women who do door to door in identifying victims and survivors and those that actually need help. And with, uh, it has become a common view that communities openly partake in supporting victims and their families during court cases. This signals the message that Gauteng is building a new narrative where state, civil society, and citizens collectively carries the fight against GPVF. These interventions, Honorable House Chair, in supporting the rights of women, youth, and senior people and people with disabilities will ensure that as Gauteng, we have all the role players uh, participating in closing. The interventions highlighted above must be supported by efforts of building a gender equality society for them to be sustainable and to result in the end of gender-based violence. We are called upon all of us to do more to create a society that is free from patriarchy and gender inequalities. Thank you, Thanks very much. Honourable members, I would like now to continue with our speakers list to call Honourable M.A. Mukaba Kukwana, the Pompo Chairperson of Life and Status of Woman, Youth and Disability. Over to you, Honourable Member. Mukaba. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, the Honorable Chairperson and the Deputy Chairperson of Regional Council of Churches, um, I mean of Province, Honorable Minister and the MECs present, Honorable Chief Whip, Honorable Permanent Delegate and Special Delegate, the Secretary of the NCOP, good afternoon. Gender equality today means more sustainable tomorrow for all. The implication of not providing women with equal voices, choices, and opportunities affects not just their lives, but the future of the country and the world. Efforts to promote inclusive, sustainable development and fight poverty are inseparably linked. The agency in engaging with women in the pressing threats that poverty Leadership, education, and socioeconomic issues process today recognizes that we cannot have this problem for future generation. We, we cannot leave this problem for future generation to, uh, to address. If all these issues are left unchecked, it could wipe out all the gains of recent decades, which started back in 1956 when women marched to union building to protest against legislation aimed at tightening the apartheid government's control over the movement of black women in urban areas. This year's theme for Women's Day is Gender Equality Today for a Sustainable Tomorrow, recognizing the contribution of women and girls around the country and the world who are leading, um, who are leading the charge on the inclusion of women and, 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 and response to building a more sustainable future for all. Women are among those most vulnerable to the impact of uh, unsustainable practices and socioeconomic issues because they, they often have no independent uh, in, uh, income, not included in decision-making structures, and in most cases, their rights are suppressed. In our country, for example, women are entirely responsible for the provision of food for their families. When the usual sources of these resources are disrupted, 
women are forced to travel further and spend more time working for less return. Women are, in fact, at the heart of the household as nexus of food and energy across the country, and thus often know uh, firsthand about the challenges and potential solutions in these areas. We also recognize uh, the important contribution of women as decision-makers, stakeholders, educators, care, uh, caregivers, and experts across across sectors and that they are and that their commitment energy and capability across all levels will lead us to uh, to successful long-term solution to our socio-economic challenges we support effort in our programs that promote sustainable development in management and climate change adaptation by leveraging women's innovation and expertise that that has the potential to transform lives and livelihoods. Women often help improve their position within the community, leading to better uh, representation of their interests and more decision-making power over their own livelihood. But what we see every day is women being prevented from participating in decision-making and policy development. They are also provided only limited access to natural resources. With women's voices largely absent in governance structures, we need to develop innovative strategies that increases engagement of, of diverse group of women through stakeholders, consultation, and dialogues about critical uh, natural resources management issues. Addressing women's empowerment and advancing gender equality can lead to more in, uh, environmentally friendly decision-making, both at the household and national level. All this will help in addressing various levels of power that can reflect more inclusive participation of women. More inclusive engagement of women in the fight against their oppression means a better, more inclusive future for all. This is because we believe that women's voice should be heard loudly. It's, it's time to seize this, oppor- uh, this opportunity for a just and equitable future for all. In closing, uh, Honorable Chair, let us all that let us let us roll our sleeves and get to work for a future that celebrates and honor all the women of our land. I thank you. Thanks very much, and honorable member. Uh, honorable members, the next speaker is honorable JT Tabete. Mpumalanga Deputy Speaker. Honorable Tabete. Honorable Tabete. Mpumalanga Deputy Speaker. Ageko. Okay, we are going to continue to our list. I'll come back to Honorable Tabekti. Honorable members, I'll now like you to call Hey N. Moira, Northwest MEC Social Development. Thank you very much. Um, 
Honorable Chair of the Session, uh, Honorable Chairperson of Council of Provinces, Honorable Members in the Platform, um, uh, my colleagues, MECs from different provinces, representatives of all political parties that are here. First and foremost, let me express my profound thanks to the Chairperson of National Council of Provinces uh, for allowing me this opportunity to participate in the National Women's Day debate that is being held today under the theme Gender Equality Today for a Sustainable Tomorrow. We pay tribute to the generation of women whose selfless sacrifices laid down a firm foundation for the construction of a democratic, non-racial, non-sexist, united and prosperous society based on justice, equality and the rule of law. Women's Month reminds us how far we have come as a nation and pinpoint the journey that we still have to travel to attain total liberation of women from the circles of uh, poverty, unemployment, inequality, and gender-based violence. We appreciate, honorable members, the role that women played and continue to play in our society to this very day and age. Without any shadow of doubt, women made immense contribution in the struggle for freedom. In 1956, more than 20,000 women from all walks of life staged the largest demonstration in this country's history and was underpinned by the adoption of the Women's Charter of 1954. Quoting from its preamble, the Women's Charter reads in part, I quote, as women, citizens of South Africa, we are here to claim our rights, We want recognition and respect for the work we do in the home, in the workplace, and in the community. We claim full and equal participation in the creation of a non-sexist, non-racist democratic society. If democracy and human rights are to be meaningful for women, they must address our historic subordination and oppression. Women must participate in and shape the nature and form of our democracy, close quote. Their brave action inspired women to take their rightful places in the departments, local municipalities, state-owned entities, and the civil society. Through their sacrifices, we now live in a country which recognizes women as equal citizens with equal rights and responsibilities. I'm pleased to indicate that the Department of Social Development, which I have an honor to lead as a member of the Executive Council, have worked hard to attain 50-50 employment of women in senior management position in 2021-22 financial year. Currently, the ratio of women in the high echelon of management is higher than men. Equally important, most of the NPOs, which include all-age homes, residential facilities, treatment centers, and many other facilities that provide social services that we found as a department are largely owned by women. 
we acknowledge that women have been negatively impacted by COVID-19 pandemic during various alert levels that we have been through as a country. Most of the women lost their jobs during this period than men. Many businesses were forced to close down. In some households, women had to, uh, had to bear the burden of raising children alone after the, their spouses succumbed to COVID-19. To mitigate the impact of the pandemic on women, we have already started to provide the basket of interventions in the form of equipment and stock to women-owned entities and small businesses in the rural areas. This initiative and many others that we employ in the department will make women a central part of building a sustainable tomorrow. Gender-based violence is so real and it has become a second pandemic with the outbreak um, of COVID-19. It continues to affect women and children. To this end, we have made it a point that our gender-based violence program runs for 365 days in partnership with all government departments, NPOs, and state-owned entities in the Northwest province. And the the department is leading the program. This year-long program is being implemented in the form of awareness campaigns, community dialogues, motorcades, and sharing of information through various media platforms. We have appointed GV Combat activists to handle gender-based violence issues across the districts. We have forged partnerships with Ban Nabakai, We have formed partnerships with Banabakai, Banabuang men for real organizations that fall within the men's sector to reach out to men and boys. These forums create a space for men and boys to talk freely about gender-based violence and take part in protecting women and girls in their communities. Furthermore, we have partnered with 22 non-profit organizations to provide services to the victims of gender-based violence survivors of gender-based violence have access to support and services, including GBV hotline centers and centers providing support to victims of sexual violence. Much still need to be done to eradicate gender-based violence. As a nation, we must move beyond shock and horror every time a woman or a child is raped and or killed. We must all take create, uh, concrete actions to ensure safer families, families and safer communities. Chairperson, we can no longer turn a blind eye to the crisis of help from the most vulnerable in the midst, in our midst. The culture of grandstanding and paying lip service while women's rights are grossly violated must come to an abrupt end. We must encourage members of our communities to report all cases of assault, abuse, and harassment. We must also nominate and not normalize harassment of women, children, and members of the LGBTQT community. It is the responsibility of all South Africans to end the culture of silence amongst gender-based violence and report perpetrators to the police. All of us, whether in our communities or in our homes, must do all we can to promote and protect the rights of women and children. In conclusion, Honorable Chair and members, the onus is upon all of us that are part of this debate to demonstrate 
our concern on the scourge of abuse and the exemplary in our communities through our deeds and speeches. We are a resilient nation, and I strongly believe that we will always triumph over the challenges that we face today in pursuit of better life for women in our country. Working together, we can build better and safer communities. I thank you. Thanks very much, Honorable Member. Honorable Members, I would like to check Honorable JT Tabete, that is it back. Uma Engeko Giakuba. Honorable Members, I would like now to call Honorable N. Hatebe, Inkata Freedom Party, and also hand over to House Chairperson Nyambi. Thank you. Ngena Pungan. Honorable Chairperson, I'm not sure if yes. I'm audible. Yes, you are. You are. Honorable Chairperson, Today we pay reverence to the brave South African women of 1956 who stood up against an unjust system and in doing so amplified their voices and the voices of future generations. 66 years later, I find myself wondering how the brave, how those brave women would feel if they looked at the circumstances that the South African women are living in at the present. Would they see a South Africa in which women have an equal footing with men in each of society's building blocks? Or would they see a South Africa in which women are still being marginalized? Unfortunately, after 66 years, the latter still rings true. Gender-based violence against women at the hands of men and the labor market favoring men, evident in the gender pay gap, is just two examples of how gender inequality manifests in our country. The Department of Women, Youth and Persons with Disabilities has announced that this year's Women's Day theme is titled Women's Social Economic Rights and Empowerment, Building Black, Building Back Better for Women's Improved Resilience. This leads me to question, what improved resilience mean for South African women? In the first three months of this year alone, at least 10,818 cases of rape were reported, which is an increase of 13.7% over the same period in 2021. In Gauteng alone, the number reported, the number of reported offenses for the first three months of this year was totaled to 2,921, of which 2,267 were reported rape cases. Our, our country also boasts of various pieces of legislation aimed at combating gender discrimination in the, West, in the workplace. Yet we, pay, we have a stagnant median gender pay gap of between 23% and 35%. So allow me to ask, why are we placing the burden of improved resilience on women? South African women continue living their lives despite the possibility of becoming yet another gender-based violent statistic and story. They continue studying and working despite no, and working despite knowing they might earn less than their male counterparts. 
it is my argument that South African women, those in our past as well as those yes, to, yet to be born, already have an indescribable amount of resilience as their existence and circumstances have always been dependent on their ability to survive in one of the most dangerous countries for women. <clears throat> the Inkata Freedom Party commits to addressing violence, degradation and humiliation and, humil- and humiliations women, women constantly find themselves exposed to. Therefore, as stated in our 10-point plan outlined in our manifesto, we propose that communities are made safer by strengthening law enforcement. We recommend that well-resourced community policing forums are established and that we roll out additional specialized law enforcement units to boost capacity. As stated in our policy on issues related to women, we propose that police and healthcare workers receive further intensive training to deal appropriately and compassionately with victims of violence. We also propose the establishment of safe houses which are accessible to all women regardless of economic circumstances so that first-time victims do not become entrenched in a pattern of abuse. We urge that women are afforded equal access to the necessary resources and facilities. Let us take up the responsibility of serving, protecting, and honoring our women. Let us show those brave women of 1956 that their courageous efforts were not in vain. Let us never forget the guiding principle of Ubuntu. I thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Thanks very much, Honorable Member. Honorable uh, Nyambi, are you in? If uh, we are not yet in, I would like to call Honorable S.F. Detroit, Freedom Front Plus. Over to you, Honorable Detroit. Achbare voorzitter, die vrijheidsfront plus is op record dat ons gloe dat daar gelijke geleentjere in alle opzichten en op alle vlakken en alle Zuid-Afrikaners gebied moet worden. Ons partijstructuur is een sprekende voorbeeld van vrouwen wat op merite, posten, en posities bekleed en kundige sys op die gebiede waar hulle rol vertolk. Currently, race-based and gender equality legislation contributes to a great extent to further inequality and divide, che, advancing poverty and hunger. Why, one may ask. The answer is quite simple, che. By implementing race-based and similar so-called quota legislation, qualifying candidates in many instances are labeled as quota appointments. And this reduced them to mere trophies of ideology, casting a cloud of doubt over their abilities and qualification, also depriving them, their spouses, from a decent and fair employment. Ek is trots op ons vrouwenleiers, vrouwen wat natuurlijk sonder quota of voorspraak diep spore in die warme Afrika sontra voorzitter, vrouwen geanker in God, wat standvastig geblei het, ten spuite van die moord en dood en aansla en zwaar krijg wat die dagelijks beer, Vrouwen soos Susanna Salier-Smit, een voortrekkervrouw, wat aan een Engelse officier gesê het, dat die voortrekkers eerder kalvoet waar die drakensbergen sal stap, as om weer verknecht te word. Gewone vrouwen wat dagelijks, ten spuite van die wetteloosheid in die land, aanhou en strijd. Tijdens die onthulling van die Nationale Vrouwenmonument in Bloemfontein op 16 december 1913, het president M.T. Stein gesê dat die monument nie opgerig word as een teken van haat of eeuwigdierige verwijt nie maar eerder om liefde te bevorderen en te vergewe. Vrouwen, ons waardeer julle. Voorzitter, tans ontneem wetgeving soveel mans en vrouwen om op gelijke basis in dienst geneem te word, wat meer druk op vrouwen in huishoudings plaas. 
Moeders wat traditioneel die rol van vertrooster en opvoeder vertolk het, moet nou, weens wetgeving, daar die voorrechte op sy skuif en sloof en skraap om hongermoentjes te voet en haar tyd en aandag verdeel net om te oorleef. Die beroepsvrouw moet nou nog harder werk om water te hou. The topic of this debate is gender equality today for a sustainable tomorrow. How ironic, Che. Government's inability and lack of urgency to ensure the safety of families results in some instances in women being forced to portray the role of mother and father, provider and caretaker. Is this fair? How can we look forward to a sustainable tomorrow when so many can't make it through a day? Voorzitter, soveel moeders en vrouwe vrg letterlik dier die trauma van plaas aanvallen te oorleef. Lafhartige, bloeddorstige aanvallers, wat hierdie vrouwe fysies en emotioneel probeer breek, en mans en kinders anderhand in of vermoor. Maar die regering stel nie een speciale eenheid aan om dit te voorkom. Ek haal my hoed af vir elke vrou, elke moeder, wat hierdie hel oorleef het, en steeds voortgaan met die boerderij, haar passie, haar werk, steeds moeder bly, bastion. Veilige hawe vir haar kinders, bron van liefde, kinders, kennis en ontferming. Dankie aan al die vrouwe wat vandag, al word daar dier wetgeving en op grond van ras, teen jou en jou gesin gediscrimineer, steeds nie moet opgeen. Vrouwe wat met die biekie wat hulle het, verseker dat hulle kinders, hulle gesin, versorg is en nie moet verloor nie. Steeds hulle kinders bemoedig en laat gloor dat hulle wel die volle potentiaal en in die hewe kan en sal bereik. Voorzitter, vrouwe het oor die jare heen bewys dat hulle nie gereduceer kan word nie. Tijdens die groe trek en die verskroeide aardebeleid, die groe depressie en steeds vandag was en is vrouwens die motiveerders. Voorzitter, die regering moet daar teen waak om vrouwe as swak en ondergeskik uit te beeld. Ons het soveel invloedrijke vrouwe in ons samenleving, invloedrijke vrouwe wat daartoe bijgedraad om het toekomst vir volk te skip. Jy, vrouw met jou sachte hande, wat toch raak vat wat met jou stralende blik vol liefde ook blitsend kan kyk. Jy wat met jou recht op postuur altyd ondersteunend is, maar ook gesag afdoen. Jy wat met arms oop gesprei verwelkom, vertroos en ook kastei, jy godgeskape vrou, toonbeeld van hoop. Die 5 plus erken jou. Dankie voorzitter. Baie dankie honorable member. Honorable members, I've been informed that I am Honorable Njali Njali is going to replace Honorable Tabete Mpumalanga Deputy Speaker. Honorable Njali Njali, can you please come in? Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Let's greet the Honorable Chairperson of the NCOP, the Deputy Chairperson of the NCOP, the Honourable Whip, and also members of the National Council of Provinces, all our delegates uh, present here, the Minister and the Deputy Minister, fellow South Africans. Today, we debate this important matter after celebrating the Women's Month on the 9th of August. Honourable members, gender equality is not a nice-to-have or achieve matter. On the 10th of December 1948, the United Nations General Assembly adopted Universal Human Rights Declaration, which made gender equality part of the international rights, human rights laws. Honorable Chair, in that regard, the UN Secretary General, Mr. Antonio Guterres, further made an observation in one of the conversations 
that achieving gender equality and empowering women and girls is the unfinished business of our time and the greatest human rights challenge in the world. Honorable members, it is amongst other others against this backdrop that gender equity is not only perceived as a human right, but as an indispensable and profound necessity for the basis of the prosperous, peaceful, just world. Honorable members, goal number five of Sustainable Development Goal states that to achieve gender equality and to empower all women and girls. But key question is, how far have we gone to address the aspirations of goal number five? Women and girls represent half of the world population. So in this term of human resource capital availability, it shows that the unaffirming women and girls, that half of the world human potential is unused, thus negatively affecting sustainable development. Honorable members, the latter indicates as some observations that empowering women will spare production and economic growth. Honorable members, in terms of the UN commentaries, on average, women in the labor market will earn 20% less than men globally. The worldwide 35% of women have experienced either physical or sexual intimate partner violence or non-partner sexual violence. Honorable Chair, it, it would be fair to say some progress has been made to this end. However, this progress could be expedited by ending all forms of gender-based violence and consciously having systems and processes that will ensure that women are given access to all levels of management and control in leadership position of decision-making, particularly in the private sector. Stark disparities are persistence and clearing in political, but importantly in economic realms. Honorable members, key questions of today is, is it a common cause that gender inequality is a function of patriarchy? Is it so? And it's so. Shall women of today entrust men with responsibility for championing gender equality, equity re- realization? Honorable Chair, I beg to differ and call for drastic review implementing agents such as establishing, establishing gender equity and salary disparities commission headed by women. Honorable members, such a commission empowered to intervene in all sectors of economy, that is to ensure our own means of production in employment sector, that women are controlling leadership position and other levels and equal pay with themselves and male peers. Honorable members, in this regard, I would like to share with you one interesting event on women in Africa. In 1935, Italian forces decided to invade Ethiopia. As the war loomed, Emperor Halil Selassie ordered that elder sons be given rifles to gear up for the war. In particular, the family was not having a son, but a girl by the name of Getty. Getty's father already arranged a marriage for her against her will. Getty's father called Getty's husband and gave him a rifle to represent that family at the war. Getty was a young and not yet staying with the so-called husband. We went to the court and challenged and fought for her rights. 
and those rights were restored. It tells you that, honorable members, we are not uh, winning the issue of the the gender equity and women empowerment. Hence, we're making this example. Honorable members, we need to make sure that we're not apologetic on this noble trajectory, but robust and focused measuring achievements through the set out targets. Honorable Chaperson, structured societal programs driven by women are indispensable to educate all the sundry on question of gender-based violence, sexual assault. And it is my contention that these will be incorporated in the life skills session from early childhood development centers, intensified at primary schools, leading to high school, and even at tertiary education institutions, including churches, traditional leadership, should also be seized with this program and be monitored closer by the Departments of Social Development. Mm-hmm. Honorable Chair, gender equity mainstreaming in employment and all levels of business value chain across different industries. It is indispensable. That is all processes and systems, labor absorbing business offering should consist particularly expected targeted of women, skilling of women in entrepreneurship, should also be mainstream with measures target of all sectors in industry. Honorable Chair, poverty, inequality will remain stubborn, particularly referring to the rural women who got to contend with the most harsh living condition in our country. It will be daunting to penetrate the sector of women to make their condition livable. Honorable members, be what it may be, Let's derive Soleil's courage and hope from the words of Lenin when he says, I quote, we are marching in the compact group along prescriptions and difficult path, firmly holding each other by the hand. We are surrounded on all sides by enemies and we have to advance almost constantly under the fire. We are, we have combined by freely adopted decision for the purpose of fighting the enemy and not retreating into the neighborhood march. Let's continue fighting for the safety of our women. I thank you. Honorable members, I would like to call Councillor Boltman Salga. Thank you. I was trying to 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 check my mic. It was not on, but uh, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson, the Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Deputy Chairperson, Honorable Minister, Honorable House Chairperson, Committees and Oversight, uh, Honorable Chairperson, Members Support and IR, Honorable Chairpersons of Committees. Honorable whips, uh, MECs from uh, uh, different uh, provinces, honorable permanent delegates, honorable special delegates, secretary of parliament, secretary of the NCOP. Warm greetings uh, from Salga. I just want to give the little background. I'm not going to add much because it will take more of my time and say, Honorable Chairperson, uh, that it gives me great pleasure to address the NCOP 
on this Women's Day uh, debate under the theme Gender Equality Today for a Sustainable Tomorrow. As we commemorate the 66th year since the Women's March, uh, a lot of the people who spoke here earlier indicated the march in, in, uh, to the union buildings. And we, I want to salute all the women. Some of them are late and some of them are still alive. Mom Sophie, we've seen her talking uh, 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 some uh, days ago. And I want to say Watinta Bafazi, Watintim Bogoto. The struggle of women went beyond repre- uh, repression with past laws as the uh, triple oppression challenges of race, uh, your class and gender frustrated women. We remain indebted to them, those women who fought uh, uh, that we today are where we are. It is because of what they've started. Many women still face the triple challenges of race, class, and gender with additional poverty, inequality, as most of uh, the uh, uh, people speaking here have indicated, uh, but not uh, leaving out the issue of unemployment. As women today, gender inequality continues to be a problem. They've uh, indicated most of them in terms of workplaces, your income, social standing, and uh, 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 in religion as well. Maybe we also have to look uh, into that. The struggle against apartheid was used as a platform by women uh, to struggle against gender injustices and further define the gender struggle. South Africa is signatory to several international and regional instruments on gender equality. These instruments uh, plays a duty on the state to undertake uh, progressive measures to realize the provisions contained in each of them. Uh, I will talk to them later. I just want to say, yes, Salga, uh, we launched the Women Commission uh, in 2010 with the purpose of ensuring that gender mainstreaming and women's issues receive adequate attention at local government. Uh, level in policy and in in practice, of course. Uh, There has been a noted commitment to implementing uh, measures that would bring change into these challenges. Uh, Article 4 of the Salga Constitution commits organized local government to promote the interest of women in local government through the 50-50 campaign and all Salga government structures Governance uh, structures are constitutionally bound to comply with 50-50 representation in leadership. The core mandate of the SWC, the Salga Women's Commission, is to coordinate, as as, uh, Mam Lucas indicated earlier, uh, promote and advocate uh, for gender-appropriate strategies and practices within member municipalities and feed into uh, regional and continental processes. We do this as we oversee through the multi-party women caucuses in municipalities. The formulation and implementation of policies that will result in gender responsive planning and budgeting, reflecting in our IDPs, uh, we make sure that in, in, in the caucuses they deal in terms of that and they mainstream issues of uh, the women in there. This has been an area of weakness 
over time due to lack of seriousness, uh, uh, unfortunately, by women themselves. Uh, I don't know what uh, happens, but it doesn't go as it's supposed to be. The strategic uh, objective is to increase the representation and participation uh, of women in local government to parity. The Municipal Structures Act uh, of uh, number 117 of 1998 uh, on item 11.3, it provides that uh, every party or a councillor must seek to ensure that 50% of the candidates on the candidates list are women and that women and men candidates are evenly distributed through the list. How do we work uh, with IEC to enforce this legislative uh, provision? We've noticed that uh, the advocacy work on this has not been effective. And we need a new approach to work with the Electoral uh, Commission. Hoping other parties will also get uh, into that. Uh, The 2021 local government uh, elections shows that uh, the registered uh, the, the, the the more registered uh, people are women and we have seen it it is standing at uh, it was standing at uh, 55% but um, the outcome of the 2021 elections is that uh, 63% of councillors who won seats in the 2021 local government elections were males compared to the 37% uh, women this is a reversal, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, leadership and honorable uh, members. Uh, the, the reversal from the 41% women representation from 2016 uh, local government elections. And uh, I do not uh, think we need to allow that to continue like that. Political parties are responsible to ensure gender parity in their list processes. But very few are committed to this. Salga has developed a municipal sustainability unit to support local government in climate change response and environmental sustainability. Women in leadership as the most negatively affected population by these factors are essential to drive the desired change. Efforts to empower women are what will ensure a sustainable future. We are committed to strengthening gender machinery and need to have women at the helm. Uh, From the United Nations uh, Commission on the Status of Women, uh, 66 in March this year, the concept of municipal feminism was discussed. The UCLG had developed a discussion document, and that document is aimed towards a global feminist municipal movement, key contributions of the local and regional governments uh, constituency to the Generation Equality Forum. And uh, members, honorable members, this seeks to promote uh, uh, creating communities that cooperate in a network to defend the commons and fight against social inequities. Uh, apologies, uh, I just uh, missed my... Yes. Now, the SWC 
we'll be discussing this concept in our uh, conference that will be taking place if not uh, late this month, it will be early in, 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 in September. Chairperson, in conclusion, my last few points, uh, Chairperson, will be sparked by what I read uh, in the magazine, the magazine that is uh, from the coffee industry. That magazine, the topic there says it has been an, a, a scary an unprecedented time in the coffee industry. I'm just making an example of what I read and will indicate what I thought of it. It says communities have been in lockdown in an attempt to halt the COVID-19 pandemic over the past two years. Never before had the human consciousness uh, been so collectively concentrated on a single force. Business uh, 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 people sat down and they together had to make a calculation on an unforeseen enemy and say, what is it that this virus is bringing? Now, uh, Chepesen, we celebrate Women's Day yearly. It is not a tick uh, of the box, but uh, we learn a lot in terms of development of women and how empowered uh, we are. But as indicated by most, as you conclude, we still have to look at issues uh, that, thank you, Chair, as I conclude, we need to look at whatever decisions that we have taken before. I noted the United Nations conversation on ending all discrimination against women. That is CEDAW in 1979, the Beijing Platform for Action, as was uh, mentioned by others here, and try to indicate on some issues that are uh, uh, indicated there. The SADC protocol and on, on gender and development that was uh, for the uh, uh, in, tw- in 2008, the Worldwide Declaration on Women in Local Government that was uh, adopted and Chepesen, as I conclude, I just want to say, let us all be willing to collaborate and use new methods to get into a stage of reaching equali- a- a- equity. And one wants to say, let's remain hopeful that we will be able to create synergy and spark innovative ideas that will um, uh, assist us to get uh, to where we want to get to. But as indicated by the magazine, let Makosika be in and want to support the commission that was proposed, but say, let us put government inside the state and look at women issues. Galebo Hadanki, Baya Danki. Galebo Hame, honorable members, we'll continue with our speakers list. I would now like to call Honorable W. Kaiser Pilanda, Western King. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. With South Africa having celebrated Women's Day, it allows us to pause and to reflect on the immense contributions women have made to our communities and society as a whole. At the same time, it allows to show how much we still have to do to ensure that there can be true gender equality in our country. This requires a whole-of-society approach in order to tackle where civil society, public and private sectors work together to realize the transformation that we need. However, progress has been slow, particularly with the municipal space in South Africa. 
while municipalities in the Western Cape adopted the 2007 Gender Policy Framework for Local Government, the Draft National Gender Policy Framework for Local Government 2015 to 2020 was never formally approved at the national level. The purpose of these are to help guide local governments develop their own policies and action plans in this regard. Chairperson, in the Western Cape, we continue the fight where we share a common vision with the Commission for Gender Equality, which is to institutionalize gender equality through gender mainstreaming programming within municipalities, as well as engaging with the provincial IDP forums to integrate these actions into the integrated development plans. On a provincial level, our government is also pursuing this, these efforts. The Department of the Premier issued a circular that all APPs in the current financial year reflect gender priorities in their budgets. These priorities would include feedback mechanisms so that feedback can be provided for improvements. Honourable Chairperson, despite these, our province has already made immense progress to make sure we have gender equality in our lifetime. We know one of the best ways to empower women is through economic opportunities. For the first three quarters of the 2021-22 financial year, women-owned companies benefited from the Western Cape Provincial Department procurement processes as 556 beneficiaries, suppliers, were at least 51% black women owned to the value of 949.47 million. The Department of Economic Development and Tourism Economic Reconstruction and Recovery Plan is positioned as a key driver of inclusive economic growth and transformation. We see this in the response from the Western Cape government regarding its various strategic objectives so that gender transformation is further advanced through industrialization projects such as the ECD Practitioner Development Program, the Women's Truck Driving Training Program for Unemployed Women, supported by the Atlanta Special Economic Zone Company, the Business Communication Courses offered to SMMEs, Financial Management Training, which was offered to 60 participants, of which 50% were women. The Atlanta Special Economic Zone Company's Training and Enterprise Development Work also possesses programs aimed to furthering women in their careers. The office employs 23 staff members, where 65% of them are women. Additionally, of the five interns working there, three of them are female. In the Saldana Bay Industrial Development Zone, has been focused on including communities in various programs, such as contractor development, where specialized contractor capabilities are enhanced, enterprise and supplier development, training and skills development. All these are strongly centered on empowering women in the contractor development and enterprise and supplier development programs. Of the 2,550 training opportunities created since the start of the program, around 60% have gone to women. Showing has showing that Created since of the start of the program, by apologies, around 60% have gone to women, showing that how successful this can benefit to women. Honorable Chairperson, we know that the land is very is a very important issue in South Africa and plays a role in everyone's social, social economic well-being. 
even though the Department of Agriculture is not mandated for land acquisitions, it still does offer post-settlement support. During the 2021-22 financial year, the total beneficiaries were 1,819, 33% were women. For this financial year, this representation has been increased to 54% of the total approved business plans. This equates to a total investment of 107 million rand and involves 45 businesses. Through the Elemia Litsima grant support, vulnerable uh, citizens are supported through the food security initiatives at household and community levels. In the 2021-20 or rather 2020-21 financial year, 58% of the beneficiaries were women. Our department also helps train more and more women in this regard through the Agricultural Education and Training Program provides formal and non-formal education is provided to all interested parties, such as a B.Agri degree in collaboration with Stellenbosch University, a diploma in agriculture, a learnership program, and non-formal short courses. This program successfully saw 66 female students, and that was 34% of students receive various qualifications at the graduation ceremony. It also awarded bursaries to 36 female students, of which 42% of the student ratio and monthly stipends to 10 students, 59% of the students for workplace integrated learning as part of the studies towards the diploma in agriculture. Honorable Chairperson, this year 174 of the students, 31%, registered for the new academic year across all training programs where female students with non-formal short courses, also including 1,545 female students, which equates to 42%. On a social level, which is as equal as providing economic opportunities to women, the Department of Health facilitates women and youth empowerment through a range of initiatives like bursaries, learnership, and internship, including postgraduate opportunities, mentoring, coaching, and skills development with a focus on empowering women even more. Honorable Chairperson, the department also works with civil society on issues of gender and women with disabilities. For example, A21, human trafficking, SAPS, NPA, DSD, with their victim empowerment program, and gender justice and LGBTIQ plus forum. CSOs assist with various information and awareness raising sessions. For example, gender-based violence through Mosaic, the Desmond Tutu Foundation, Gender Dynamics and Triangle. The LGBTIQ plus partnerships have been maintained and it has been strengthened. Honorable Chairperson, since these interventions are a mere fraction of what the Western Cape does, it really shows how serious we are about ensuring gender equality across departments as well as enabling the environment for local municipalities to do the same. This is what committed DA-run governance does to ensure a sustainable tomorrow. I thank you, Chairperson. Thanks very much, Honorable Member. And Honorable Members, Mr. Akuba, 
The next speaker is Honorable Anne Bloom, Northern Cape. Honorable Anne Bloom. Thank you very much, Chair of the House, Honorable Chairperson of the Council of Provinces, Honorable Amos Masondo. Please Honorable... open your video, Honorable Member. Can we see you? Yes, Honorable Chair of the House. Honorable Chairperson of the National Council of Provinces, Honorable Ima Sondo, Honorable Deputy Chairperson, Honorable Salvia Lucas, Honorable Members, Honorable Manaster in the Presidency for Women, Children and People with Disabilities, Honorable House Chairperson Committees and Oversight, Member Support and IR Chairpersons of Committees, Honorable Whips, Honorable Permanent Delegates, Honorable Special Delegates, Secretary to the Parliament and Secretary to the NCOP. This year, National Women's Day and Women's Month will be celebrated under the theme Gender Equality Today for a Sustainable Tomorrow. Women throughout the country had put at having their freedom of movement restricted by the hatred and degrading official passes their way, being forced to carry all the time. Now, these 20 women, 20,000 women stood outside the union building and they remained silent for almost 30 minutes, which was only broken by the singing of a women's protest song composed in honor of the occasion. Now these women, they were actually addressing the South African heteracy and adoption that was demonstrated and that was underpinned by the adoption of the Women's Charter of the year 1954. Now, when addressing the South African people from Richmond in KwaZulu-Natal, President Cyril Ramaphosa, he made mention of a few ways in which the lives of women and girls have changed since the advent of democracy. Girls learn alongside boys in our primary and secondary schools and receive equal education. Last year, more females passed the metric exams and got more distinctions than their male counterparts. There are currently more female students enrolled at institutions of higher learning than males. Close to half of our members of parliament, judges and magistrates are women. More than 60% of public servants are women. In South Africa today, women are champions. Like our Banyana Banyana, as mentioned before, who brought home their first Women's Africa Cup of Nations trophy last week. Just as the pioneers of the Women's March of the year 1956, our role models, the young women and girls of today have no shortage of role models. With the right support, they can become anything they want to be. From star soccer players to fighter pilots, judges, 
members of parliament, businesswomen, and entrepreneurs. Honorable members, we are slowly but surely seeing the emergence of women as leaders and changes in their own right. They are game changers in their own rights. Much more confident, self-assured, and intentional about carving out lives of purpose and prosperity, even in the face of lasting visions and legacies of patriarchy that wish to relegate women to second-class citizens. We must, however, acknowledge that women, rural Black women, still face the brand of the efforts of poverty and inequality. This renders them particularly vulnerable to abuse, exploitation, and exposure to violence, something we need to read and understand as a direct call to do all that is within our power to promote the economic emancipation of all women so that they are free from the bondage by those who cause them harm. This year's theme is a call to action to all of our society, government, and partners to take tangible steps forward in responding to the most persistent challenges affecting the lives of women. Women's rights and empowerment continue to be impeded by access to women's health and well-being, including the issue of better access to sexual and reproductive health and rights, menstruation, health and sanitation, and family, family planning, as well as comprehensive sexuality education for girls at school level, women's participation, representation of and ownership in economic activities, family and social support, including access to childcare and early childhood development. Women are, are disempowered when there are barriers to access to community safety, including issues of gender-based violence and femicide. Engaging with women in the judiciary, including developing training on gender-based violence and femicide-related issues for the judiciary and crime and justice sector in general. An important part of Women's Month is how we pay tribute to women in the liberation struggle and the women of today. The women of 1956 sorry, and countless others set the tone for gender equality and empowerment in a democratic South Africa. Their brave actions inspired women to take their rightful place in parliament, government, and civil society. Through their sacrifices, we now live in a country which recognizes women as equal citizens with equal rights and responsibilities. South Africans' constitution and legislation is recognized as one of the most gender equal in the world. However, societal and cultural practices severely impact on the rights of women. Women's Month is about putting a spotlight on the challenges that women still face, as well as celebrating the success of women in all spheres of life. Our government must uphold its constitutional responsibility to protect, promote, and advance the rights of women. Survivors of gender-based violence must have access 
to support and services, including the gender-based violence hotline, shelters and centers, providing support to victims of sexual violence. This is an area where we need to pull together to realize more safe spaces for women in our province. The social security net has been increased to protect vulnerable families, especially women and children from the economic impact of the pandemic. We must continue to ensure that measures to protect and stimulate the economy are targeted at women. Honorable member of the house, when we talk about gender responsive budgeting, we need to ensure that women's empowerment within organizations and economic opportunities for those running their own businesses are supported and given priority. We must continue to expand the programs and processes to accelerate women's participation in supply and value chains through preferential procurement in the public and private sector. The promotion of gender equality and women's empowerment must be central to our efforts to combat poverty and stimulate sustainable development by ensuring that women have access to and ownership of productive resources, we will build our economy and our nation. Among the key issues central to the economic emancipation of women are equal access to the economy, equal pay for work of equal value, equal sharing of unpaid care and domestic work, and end to sexual harassment, including in the workplace and all forms of violence against women and girls access to quality health care services that respond to their needs and equal participation in political life and decision making in all areas of life. We should understand that the empowerment of women in South Africa is about dealing with the legacy of apartheid and the transformation of society, particularly the transformation of unequal power relations between women and men and fundamental changes to institutions and laws. It is also about addressing gender oppression, patriarchy, sexism, racism, ageism, and structural oppression, and creating a conducive environment which enables women to take control of their lives. As a nation... As you conclude, honorable member... As as I conclude, Chairperson, we must not normalize harassment of women. It is the responsibility of all South Africans to end the culture of silence around gender-based violence and report perpetrators to the police. All of us, whether in our communities or in our homes, must do all to promote and protect the rights of women and children. The National Strategic Plan of Gender-Based Violence and Femicide requires all of civil society to pull together in realizing the plan. We want a society free from any sort of violence targeted at women and girls or the LGBTQIQ plus community. As I conclude, Chairperson, I would like to take this opportunity to inform the House that at the dawn on the 1st of August, during this month of Women's Month, we, a woman provincial commissioner was appointed in the Northern Cape province. That is 
the outcome of getting the gender-based violence and the gender parity in our province. As noted in our budget vote speech, we have set ourselves targets with regards to the reduction of crime. I thank you, Chairperson. Thanks very much, Honorable Member. Honorable Members, we are continuing with our speakers list. Now I would like to call Honorable D. Christian, DA. Thank you, Honorable House Chairperson, Honorable House Chairperson, Honorable Members, and Honorable Minister. Women's Day marks the anniversary of the Great Women's March of 1956, where women marched to the Union buildings to protest against the carrying of passbooks. Decades later, women and girls continue to fight for their human rights, safety, and well-being on a daily basis. Women have recently questioned what the point in celebrating Women's Month in South Africa is when women continue to live in fear for their lives. And Minister Becky Tele, who is supposed to protect us, says that it is lucky to be raped by one person only. We are attacked in our homes, in our workplaces, on the street and in our cars. We are not safe anymore. Our mothers, daughters, friends and girl children are raped on average 120 times per day and killed once every six hours. It is true. There is a war against women in this country and the South African government across the board has lost the battle. The theme for this debate is gender equality today for a sustainable tomorrow. That implies equal access to and equal distribution of resources between women and men. But, Honorable House Chairperson, how do we begin to speak about gender equality when the women in this country are raped and butchered every single day? In 1956, our black parents marched to the union buildings for equal rights. The truth is, in this country, we have never achieved equal rights. The harsh reality is that women, and especially black women, remain at the bottom of the hierarchy of power as the most marginalized and the most inclined to poverty. Gender equality is crucial to protecting human rights, maintaining equality and protecting the rule of law. Gender equality also means equal rights for people of all genders and includes equal opportunities, equal visibility and equal empowerment when participating in all spheres of life. However, the women in South Africa will never reach this level of equal opportunity while we are being butchered, slaughtered and diminished to nothing in this country. Men will continue to have preferential advantage of employment status in society, job opportunities, and wealth, while women will struggle for equal opportunities if government continues to dismiss the severity of the daily lived reality of women in South Africa. The financial responsibilities of women have dramatically increased recently. There is an increase in single mother-headed households. Statistics in 2011 showed 48% of fathers are absent. In 2020, that statistics increased to nearly 70%. Women are at a greater risk of food insecurity. More women are unemployed and women have limited access to land and housing. And in return, this all impacts um, access to basic services such as health and education, which means that women suffer more health-related illnesses and battle to remain in education. 
the recognition and commitment to gender equality within the judiciary and without will not change if the very foundation of gender inequality is rooted in economic inequality. The bigotry within the judiciary has to be challenged. The issue of women's financial insecurity also needs further debate and needs to be addressed on all platforms. When such inequalities receive limited attention, as in the case as is the case in South Africa, opportunities for discrimination and abuse against women will continue to increase. Financial abuse should be recognized as a vital part of gender-based violence so that social restoration and development of women is given a chance. If this government is serious about transformation and addressing historical inequalities, we would have seen real change in the past 28 years of democracy. And the fight against poverty, especially amongst women, would be a matter of national importance. The financial abuse of women and children is a subtle but appalling form of gender-based violence, perpetuating the cycle of deprivation and poverty. It cannot be continued to be ignored. Eight young women were brutally attacked and gang-raped while shooting a music video in Krugersdorf Mindup. Let's face it, we have lost the battle against gender-based violence. Women are not safe anyway. And Becky Tsele cannot protect us because he thinks being raped only once is lucky. The patriarchal system is embedded in our society and women must also do introspection. We must ask ourselves, how are we raising our boy children? But this is also about affluent men who are also emotionally abusing women. Men who are sugar daddies abusing young vulnerable women for their own sick pleasures. Government should support civil society on the ground, look at safe houses, programs to empower women and women entrepreneurship. This is where our money needs to go, not the government officials' pockets. But instead of being a month of celebration, Honorable House Chairperson, Women's Month is a month of mourning in South Africa. It is a month in which we mourn the murders of women, and that is a clear indication that simple justice eludes us. Equal opportunity evades us, and the protection of human rights is non-existent. We mourn the achievement of equality and the advancement of human rights. Honorable House Chairperson, we mourn the lives of those who remind us that we have yet to achieve the full realization of the rights of women. The rights to dignity, to safety, and to economic freedom remains but a democratic dream for far too many of us. To quote the Archbishop Desmond Tutu, he says, I am not interested in picking up crumbs of compassion thrown from the table of someone who considers himself my master. I want the full menu of rights. Close quote. We want the full menu, House Chairperson. We will no longer stand by and watch our mothers, sisters, girl children being slaughtered by thugs. How do we ensure that women enjoy the full menu of rights instead of crumbs in a society debilitated by sexual violence, economic inequality, gender discrimination and abuse? To address the constant threat of sexual violence and domestic abuse, we need more sexual offences courts and Tutuzela centers that are properly funded with a sufficient number of adequately trained staff. We need training, uh, better training of police officers and sufficient funding of the SAPS, particularly of units investigating domestic abuse and sexual violence.
We need more social workers. We need men to stop their fathers, brothers and friends from brutalizing us. To address economic inequality, we need a social security network that is capable of protecting the poor. Remember, it is poverty which Gandhi described as the worst form of violence. We need policies and programs which establishes an environment that is conducive towards the sustainable creation of decent jobs. We need a supportive environment where businesses want to invest, grow and hire more people. If we want to ensure gender equality for a sustainable tomorrow, we need a government that is serious about protecting its women and girls. We need a revolution, an uprising, because the women of this country have had enough. I thank you, Honorable House Chairperson. Thanks very much, uh, Honorable Member, Siakuba. I would like to call now Honorable M. Gillian, African National Congress. Honorable Gillian. Honorable House Chairperson, allow me to greet the Minister, um, all MECs, permanent delegates, all delegates, Salga, the Chief Whip, Chairperson of the NCOP, and the Deputy Chairperson. Honorable House Chair, allow me to pay condolences to the family of my dear comrade, Jesse Duarte, um, a, a revolutionary of the struggle who champions the rights of women and the disadvantaged. I heroic role as a gender activist for women's emancipation and the full cause to believe in the idea and vision of a non-sexist and democratic South Africa and spoke out on the need for women to occupy the highest excellence of our leadership structures. A progressive internationalist, a fierce fighter for justice, a leader who detested bigotry. Sorry, I'll share. Can I switch off my video? My network is unstable. Thank you, I'll share. Okay, okay. As we honor in the month of August, the woman of 1956 who paved the way for the emancipation of women and freedom for all in South Africa, we are confronted with the reality that many women today are not enjoying the freedom of movement because they feel unsafe. Today, the movements of women are no longer restricted by laws, thanks to the 1994 democratic breakthrough. However, the source of gender-based violence and femicide are making our country to be one of the most unsafe places for women to live in. The raping, beating, killing, and harassment are a daily occurrence. Gender-based violence and femicide is a pandemic, which contributes to women's insecurity 
and marginalization. The July ANC National Policy Conference took place when yet another horrific incident of gender-based violence took place in Krugerstorp, which sadly points to the ongoing brutalization of women and children. In the policy conference, we said that persons found guilty of GBVF and rape, as well as child abuse, should never be allowed to become ANC members. Laws have been passed to ensure that women are protected, but the onslaught against them continues. The arrests and convictions are a drop in the ocean, as many gender-based violence incidents are not reported. Our constitution speaks of gender equality and prohibits discrimination based on gender or sexual orientation. However, many women are yet to experience this equality because patriarchy still exists. Legislation has been put in place to ensure equality in the workplace, but we still experience gender pay gaps. Gender-based violence and femicide is a societal problem. It can never rest on the police alone. Government alone or the victims alone to solve it. It requires every fiber of society to be intolerant of toxic acts and behaviors from all in society. We continuously encourage the struggle for women's emancipation through the empowerment of women and the vulnerable. We consistently promote the rights of the vulnerable, women, youth, and persons with disabilities. We carry with us the understanding that there is no freedom without the liberation of women and vulnerable groups in society. Every year, a mouse chairperson. We have to pay condolences to families that have lost their daughters, mothers, sisters, or children. As South Africans, we cannot allow such behaviors and dreadful acts to form part of our culture. Globally, we are known to be one of the most dangerous countries for women to live in. We have to reassess our values and realign our moral compass as a country. This means being recommitted to build a society where women's rights are loved human, human rights, where women are treated equally by all, not just the law, and enjoy the rights to freedom like their male counterparts. Government has put into law progressive legislation that protect the rights of women and the vulnerable such as the three gender-based violence bills. As a society, we have to recognize and respect the rights of women that have been institutionalized to promote respect, dignity, and tolerance. The destruction of patriarchy will not only liberate women and other gender identities, but also lead to the building of a more equitable, just, and fair society. The, uh, the approach allows for an intersectional approach that takes us beyond the triple oppression model and allows other areas of difference to ensure that in our policy formulation and implementation, no one is left behind. Importantly, it places marginalized groups 
and human dignity as the center of all our policies. As the ANC, we acknowledge that patriarchy also includes a system of toxic behaviors in masculinity, which perpetuate violence against women and children and leads to cases of gender-based violence and femicide. Toxic masculinity and toxic behavior norms needs to be addressed through society, meaning they have to be addressed in schools, families, social spaces, by government and communities. They have to be challenged in all social spaces. Addressing toxic behaviors also means that challenging toxic traditions and cultural norms. We have to remember that people don't keep a custom or culture, but a culture or custom as to keep a people alive and be progressive. <clears throat> we acknowledge that government has taken drastic steps in dealing with gender-based violence and femicide. These include initiating programs and campaigns to combat violence against women and children, adopting, adopting the National Strategic Plan on Gender-Based Violence and Femicide, and establishing the Gender-Based Violence Sector Fund. The fund was launched on the 4th of February 2021 with a commitment of $118 million. This will be used to support various initiatives by government and civil society and include the extension of the 16 Days Campaign on No Violence Against Women and Children to a 365-day campaign. Development of the Hate Crimes Bill and other bills such as the Sexual Offenses and Related Matters Amendment Bill, Domestic Violence Amendment Bills and the Criminal and Related Matters Bill, as well as to tighten bail and sentencing laws in gender-based violence and femicide-related cases. These measures are implemented in an attempt to fight the source of gender-based violence, but government cannot fight gender-based violence alone. We need the compact of all sectors of society, religious, social, civic, and private institutions to fight the source of, as we are either all directly or indirectly affected by gender-based violence and, and femicide. For women to have more agency and these initiatives to be fully effective, we must employ and deploy women into positions of power to allow for gender representation, and most importantly, for women to promote the struggle for women through the various empowerment initiatives. We are all called upon to be activists and thus promote an activist parliament done in the call to address the second pandemic of gender-based violence and femicide and ensures programs of prevention, response and care. We call upon the Commission for Gender Equality to continue to advocate for the rights of women and the vulnerable, improving economic resilience and self-reliance through women empowerment programs. We call upon the Department of Women, Youth and Persons with Disabilities in collaboration with the private sector and women-owned business empowerment program 
including partnerships with the Department of Agriculture, Land and Rural Development to expand access to and ownership of land by women and that we see concrete chains arising from the women's financial and economic inclusion strategy. As part of the G20 summit held in 2019, South Africa declared that gender equality and women empowerment are essential for achieving sustainable and inclusive economic growth. South Africa committed itself to also address the gender gap in unpaid care work, which remains a major obstacle to women's participation in the labor market. All evidence demonstrates that a lack of financial independence of women lead to GBV and femicide. Therefore, initiatives to empower women to be more self-reliant through structured empowerment programs are critical. Honorable House Chair, as a country, we have committed to take further action to improve the quality of women's employment, reduce gender pay gaps, and end all forms of discrimination against women and combat stereotypes and to recognize women as agents of peace and in the prevention and resolution of conflict. As a country, we have committed to continue support for girls and women's education and training, including providing quality primary and secondary education, improved access to science, technology, engineering and mathematics, and raising awareness to eliminate gender stereotypes. In order to close the gender, um, to close the digital gender gap, we have com- continue, we have pledged to continue enhancing girls and women's access to digital technology with a focus on the needs of those in poverty and rural areas. We have reaffirmed the importance of taking measures to support skills development and provide access to funding to promote women's entrepreneurship and welcome the continued implementation of the Women Entrepreneurs Finance Initiative in support of women's entrepreneurs in development countries. We recognize efforts by the private sector that are taking measures to increase the number of women in management and decision-making position and making gender-responsive investments. We welcome the launch of the Private Sector Alliance for the Empowerment and Progression of Women's Economic Representation. Inasmuch as gender-based violence mostly affects women, we must never ignore the fact that men and members of the LGBTQIA plus community are too affected by gender-based violence. Our men are too ashamed and embarrassed to report cases of gender-based violence and often do not receive the same support as women. If we are to speak about equality in all sectors, we have also to consider gender-based violence against men equality and allow men the same privileges that women have when it comes to reporting cases of gender-based violence. It cannot be that when a man is abused, 
is ridiculed and reported a case in police station. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Honorable House Chair, the matter of gender-based violence must also include men. And men that are abused must also be given the platform to air out their voice. <coughs> Sorry. We was, must not neglect the boy for him to grow up resentful. Many empowerment programs must deal with ways that promote positive mas- masculinity communication and be a platform where men deal with some of the challenges that they do face. <coughs> Sorry. I'm concluding. We welcome the adoption of the National Strategic Plan Mm -hmm. on Gender-Based Violence and Femicide and urge government to fast-track and resource its rolling out so that we too play our role as public reps to advance this objective. I thank you, Chair. Thanks very much, Honourable Member. Honourable Members, I would like now to call Honorable M. Kwane Mashabane, Minister, Women in the Presidency. Honorable Minister. Uh, thank you very much, uh, House Chair. Let me once again thank uh, the Chair of the NCOP, the Deputy, the Chief Whip, and also say how grateful in this very painful period of commemorating celebrating August the 9th under this condition. I want to take this opportunity to also personally thank you, House Chair, Honorable Bloom, Nkosi, Mazibuko, Christian Mukaba, and Honorable Gillian. You did not take sides. You came out to say, what do we do about ourselves. All of us have suffered COVID or have seen relatives suffering uh, COVID-19 that we couldn't really just pray and let it go and it's gone. But as for gender-based violence and femicide, it is South African men who created and they can work with us. We are welcoming them that they can work with us to bury patriarchy and gender-based violence and femicide. As from the departments, from the departments that I lead, we worked for almost two years with the president after the first council. We are now working on the first and second November uh, gender-based uh, uh, national uh, council, gender-based violence uh, and femicide national council, and we have welcomed business as we have started slowly with business through an initiative called Wakona, which was also started by the president. We are looking forward to the su- summit, the second summit on the first and second of November, and. We are heartened that it would happen after we have been given a go-ahead 
to form the gender based violence uh, council there is no other looking the other way and wishing gender based violence and femicide away or without me there is no tele or no maite who would take responsibility of who goes to bed with who that's what i went through and that's what i saw the rest it's what i had to do it was my day job but working together with you listening to your positive speeches particularly of the positive masculinity when it comes with males but largely i saw and unfortunately it was mainly women the very people who take care of the victims welcome men with positive masculinity yes let's raise our boy children and girl children and love them equally let's not tell the boy children it's not okay for a boy to cry let us not let us, let us not not take care of the youth and people with disabilities let us not let us not let us not let us not, let us not ignore our own with a uh, a part of the uh, gen, uh of the 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 the, the uh, uh, gender gender uh based gender gender the, the ones who are not gender uh compliant they are all our own let us say we are bearing gender based violence and femicide let us say women will find will be included will be included in the economy of the country because that what me charlotte mahomu matake me masisulu and all our heroes and heroines fought for they said to us through magetul shop here you are here is your freedom but this is political freedom make sure that you fight even harder for economic liberation and freedom it needs all of us and we will only achieve that if we call in south africa south africa is one of the very few countries i know where higher institutions of learning of are playing their game the other way community is going the other way government the other way if we work together if that which we research in innovation we come back quickly and work with the communities and we find the communities ready to work with parliament with all of us parliament non parliamentarians eh eh communities at large ngos we would defeat this enemy by tomorrow let us celebrate let us commemorate a eh, 9th of august 365 days no more gender based violence and femicide and it shall be buried let's all say 
in our lifetime. I thank you, Chair. Thanks very much, Honorable Minister. Um, Honorable Members, uh, thank you. That concludes the business. That concludes the debate. I wish to thank the ministers, MECs, Salga representative, all parliamentary and special delegates for availing themselves for the debate. Honorable members, delegates that conclude the business of the day. The House is adjourned. Thank you. Malibongwe. 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 Mal